There we are. We are still needed. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to Divergent Politics. I'm your host, Lara Hodge. I'm neurodivergent, and politics has always been my special interest. My husband, Tristan Hodge, is neurotypical, so he's here to translate for me. Hello. Uh, we've got a great episode for you tonight. First up, the Doomsday Clock Update for 2024. Uh, next, we'll get a quick lesson in labor history, then current labor headlines. Tonight, we're learning about a one-of-a-kind strike in 1894. And then 2024 begins with mass layoffs hitting our, the media sector especially hard. Uh, and then we're going to look at the unimaginable wealth of the uber-wealthy. Uh, then we're going to spot the propaganda. Tonight's segment is about the southern border and the propaganda surrounding that. The Uber wealthy, you mean all the Uber drivers? Yes, right. That just makes so much So money. much bank, yes. It's rolling. In. Um, you should unmute, though, because I'm not sure that that's going to yeah. pick you up. Um, all right. And then following that, we'll have our mutual aid signal boost, which for the first time is not public. So Sweet. Yay. Um, then we'll jump into our political headlines. Uh, World War III is looking more likely by the day. Uh, more bus company lawsuits over migrants, except this time it's the bus companies doing the suing. Um, then we'll look at the shit show that is our Congress and uh, what a guilty verdict could mean for parents everywhere. Then we'll talk about Donald Trump's current Supreme Court case. We'll finish off with a, uh, an apolitical palate cleanser. Tonight, could we save the planet from space? And lastly, we'll wrap up with any loose ends from the episode and end on a positive note. Let's get started. I can honestly tell you that we cannot save the Earth from space. Space will always... <laughs> space will win. It'll always be there. Okay. But how about if we could save the Earth from oh, the position space. of space? Okay. okay. Not us, but something like that. We're doomed to have yeah, space always. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. All right. So uh, we're back. We've been gone for a couple weeks because um, I was visiting New York City with my eldest kiddo, Max. Um, so that's Max in Times Square. Um, you see the, uh, ball drop, the 2024 ball drop behind them. Um, and the whole reason we went is because they decided that they wanted to go see a Broadway show with one of their favorite actors in it. Uh, debut performance was Joe Locke from Heartbreaker, uh, the debut performance in Sweeney Todd. And so after the oh, that was the show with Sweeney Todd? Yes. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. So, awesome. so now Max has seen Sweeney Todd three times on Broadway. Yeah, I, I knew, I knew it was a show, and I knew yep. the guy, but I didn't know what show it was. Yes, so that's awesome. And so then this was after the show. Uh, look at that look on that child's face. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen. What? Uh, what? Do you know what character? He Tobias. The, the little kid. I don't think so. I don't know. He's a middle. Tobias. Yeah, I hear. No I don't know. It was like the if you look at the 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 playbill, it's like the third person on there. It was a big role. Okay. Yeah, it so, yeah, yeah. must have been the kid that was the. I've only seen the movies. So uh, yeah, I, I saw it once a long time ago. I don't musicals aren't my thing, but yeah, so very happy kid, worth worth uh, every minute of the trip. Uh, we got to do and see a lot of things, but that was the icing on the cake there for them. So. And I just stayed behind and, and worked and got sick. So sure did, uh, but I got a little sinusy stuff going on. So that's that's why I sound funny. But we, we appreciate you staying here and working and we wouldn't be able to afford to go. So, <laughs> so thank you, love. <laughs> All right. Um, so first we got the Doomsday Clock update 
uh, revealed. Um, You're going to have to be more specific. I, I mean, I kind of feel like we have a lot of doomsday clocks clocking against us. At, no, the the doomsday clock. There's only one from and uh, hoped and by Einstein. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, sure yep. So we're going to watch a quick video on the update. How long does humanity have left? The doomsday clock says we're 90 seconds away from midnight after atomic scientists kept the predicted points of the world's annihilation, as they did last year, as close to midnight as ever before. But what does that really mean? And where did the concept of the doomsday clock even come from? The doomsday clock is a symbolic timepiece showing how close the world is to ending. Midnight marks the theoretical point of annihilation. Every year, scientists move the hands of the clock closer to or further away from midnight based on their reading of existential threats at that time. Cambridge University's expert on existential threat, Paul Ingram, explains. It uh, emerged at the beginning of the Cold War to uh, to give a sense of the urgency uh, to achieve nuclear disarmament and to climb out of the abyss that we were facing in the early 1950s. And in more recent times, it has taken on climate change and uh, emerging disruptive technology to give it a sense of the risks, the catastrophic risks that we face uh, as a planet, uh, largely through our own uh, deliberate uh, activities. Albert Einstein was among a group of atomic scientists who created the clock back in 1947. These, who, I'm just going to point out, was a socialist. You know, when he talks about that, we talk about, like, he's the smartest man alive and whatever, and we should listen to what he has to say on everything except, except, that. except on yeah. his views on money. Like, couldn't have possibly known what he was talking about. Just, we listen to him on this, we trust him on this, but not on, not on... These days, a Chicago-based NGO called the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists updates the time annually. A board of scientists and other experts in nuclear technology and climate science, including 30 Nobel laureates, discuss world events and determine where to place the hands of the clock each year. When the clock first started ticking, more than 75 years ago, it sat at seven minutes to midnight. That was the, in 1991, the, the clock minutes. was the furthest it has ever been from doomsday at 17 minutes. That was the time when the Cold War ended and the United States and Soviet Union signed the Strategic Arms Reduction Treaty that substantially reduced both countries' nuclear weapons arsenals. If we... Uh, uh, if we maintain a, a, an addiction six. to competition <laughs> and to when it was at its lowest as a way of managing our uh, social interactions yes, and <laughs> our interactions with the ecosystems, uh, we will perish. I think as the threats go get larger and that we become more aware and we understand them better, there is hope. I think that we do change our practices and the way we we think and uh, approach these things. I mean that's that's all cool and everything, but I mean it's still just kind of a funky scare tactic. I mean, so it's definitely been seven minutes since 1955. So I've got. We'll get to that in a second. Well, the thing I want to talk about is that they didn't change it from 2023 to 2024. 
so much happened in 2023 and they talk about it as the reason for why they said, but those things weren't the case in 2022. So how did it not go up? Like I was literally waiting on pins and needles for this announcement. Like shit is so much worse than a year ago. Like just exponentially. How did they, yeah. How did they like, if they're saying that those factors, know, is, it, you know, seem so much worse because we're heading into an election. Uh, like so long does humanity go down our throats? Okay. So it's been all over the place. Uh, I don't know if you can see this very well, but so here we are, 2015 and 2016 was three minutes to midnight. We've gone up every year since then. Uh, the only time it was higher than that previously was in 1953. Um, down and lower. No, higher, higher, well, closer, yeah, sorry, yes, closer to midnight, but yeah. So we've gone up 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, 22, you know, started here, went down, and has climbed back up. It has bounced around. Before the last 10 years, roughly, like, it's just just beginning exponentially worse. Mm-hmm. And we are, I would argue that we're far worse off than we were 10 years ago. So, you know, I don't think that's... I think it's all just like an opinion, man. Of course it is. But it's, you know, uh-huh. the opinion of people, I think, I'm... You know, I find Bill Nye fairly trustworthy. I find Albert Einstein fairly trustworthy. I don't mean that they're uneducated opinions. I'm just saying, like, when you're calculating something like this, I mean, it's a construct. It is, of course. And they said that that in the video. Like, it's. You know, stuff to to come up with a construct. Yeah. But yeah, I was was really frustrated when they finally announced it and then it hadn't changed because I was like, that's the closest we'd ever been. It's 90 seconds. That was a new record. And now we were worse. I'm like, what the fuck? And then, it, like, nah, it's it's still the same. I'm like, what do you mean it's still the same? Mm-hmm. It's not the same. So, anyway, that's I just wanted to do a, a short segment on that. So, that's uh, it for that guy. Uh, I just like to share. I, I just had a pop up from uh, McAfee uh, saying if I would recommend it to my friends and family. Oh no, I would not. No. I'm not recommending it to everyone watching right now. No, don't do it. Fuck McAfee. Zero likely. Recommend. All right, and then moving on. Let's see. Sorry, I I switched how I'm doing this to hopefully avoid the sound issues, and I think I've solved it. But it's going to take me some getting used to. Um, there we go. Okay. All right. So segment two: labor history and headlines. Uh, so we're going to start out with this week in labor history. Uh, shout out to St. Louis and Southern Labor Tribune website. They post uh, this week in labor history that breaks down like the top, you know, ten to fifteen things for the week. And so I go there and find something cool and we talk about noise. it. Yeah, noise. Um. So the Cripple Creek Miner Strike of eighteen ninety four. I have a. Oh, man, talk about a hell of a title there. The whole title is bad. Triple Creek, Colorado. Yeah. All right, so we got a short video. Where physically disabled people go to work? Yeah, right. 
The Cripple Creek Miner Strike of 1894 was a five-month strike organized by the Western Federation of Miners, or WFM. While it resulted in a victory for the Union, it is most notable for being the only time in U.S. history when a state militia was called out in support of the striking workers. Oh, of the workers. The only time in history. That is not the direction I thought that was going. Mm -mm. Now, I thought we were going to be talking about a, uh, what was that, Blair Mountain mm -hmm. kind of deal. Yeah, no. U.S. government yeah. dropped bombs on This is a one of a kind. The only time in history that the militia has been called out for the strikers, not for the bosses. Like, strike breaking is a tried and true fucking, you know, mm -hmm. reason police exist. Yep. And this is the only time. That's why I have a one of a kind strike. And, uh, and, you know, it seems like it should be more often because how often are the people in the militia the ones fucking striking? Right. No, that's why they had they have the class division in this country so bad because the people in those militias don't identify with those miners. That's true. Like yeah. that was that post we put you know comment on the other day that was like you're. I had a guy pumping my gas the other day complaining about people not wanting to work. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're pumping gas, man. Right. Like, no, nope. he he has to have a reason to look down on other people. Yeah, literally because... looking down on people who don't want to work for an unsustainable wage. Mm -hmm. And like you're making an unsustainable wage. Well, I'm willing to do it and I'm bootstrapping and then he was younger, you know, might have been living with a parent yeah. or something like that. No, but whatever. Like, no, that was you're not paying all of your bills living on your own. No, not at a gas no, station. You're not. And yeah, no, that was was in one that's of the. Not fair if you're running a gas station. I'm sure. That's not working in a gas station. Gas. Not, 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 not some sixteen-year-old or eighteen-year-old. Yeah. yeah. No, but like the the the. This... I, I didn't know what to tell. I'm like in a work van. I'm in work clothes. Like. Dude, yep, you're are, right. Nobody wants to we work. We're both working. <laughs> like, what do you mean nobody was like? This is a conversation between working people at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, like, what, what do you mean nobody oh wants God. to work? We're fucking working. We're here. We're working. Yeah. But yeah, that's the divide. Yeah, that's the created intentional divide. Yeah, because as long as we're picking on each other for being less than or yeah, different or whatever, dude is you know a couple of paychecks different from that kid. Yeah, that's what I said. That you're you're always three months of really bad months away from being homeless, and never three really good months away from being a millionaire. Nope. Like so, you're 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 closer to the the guy pumping the gas or the homeless guy than you are. The, the millionaire billionaire CEO, mm -hmm. like, and and they, they didn't see it that way. No, they on purpose because our media propagandizes separation of all of the you know, it's the purpose of politics, yeah, is to split people into groups, yeah, and our media just makes it worse. But all right, let's continue on with uh, Cripple Creek mm -hmm. in 1893, the miners of Cripple Creek, Colorado formed the Free Coinage Union Number no. 19, which was affiliated with the WFM. By early 1894, Cripple Creek was flooded by laborers in response to the closing of silver mines and the discovery of gold, which was in high demand for the Federal Reserve. Seizing an opportunity, mine owners responded to the influx of workers by extending the workday from 8 to 10 hours without a wage increase from their current $3 per day. Right? Hold on, hold on. So a bunch of people were there working, mm -hmm. and then, you know, gold was found or whatever, and then a bunch of workers came in. Well, a bunch of miners, a bunch of mines got shut down. 
the silver mines got shut down, so now there was a surplus of miners from the mines that were open. So the people that are striking are the ones that were already there, or they're all all of them. All, all okay, of them. okay. So no, they they the, the bosses wanted to use the the increase in the labor pool to bring bring down wages. Sure. So that's what they did. They were like, oh well, now there's more of you, so now I can threaten you because this guy wants your job. Mm -hmm. When workers protested, the owners agreed to an eight-hour workday, but at a decreased rate of $2.50 per day. Anybody surprised by that? Like, okay, fine. Okay, fine. You can you can have the the time you were working, but we're going to take away, what is that, 20%? What is that percentage? 50 cents out of $3? Uh, it's like 16 17%. Yeah. Like we're just going to take that out of your... Because we can, for no other reason. We no other can. reason than we can. Yeah, absolutely. There, there wasn't an no, increase nobody in, in, in management. So, right. Nobody in design, in research, or whatever other fucking departments they had at that mine. Nobody yeah. else lost any wages during that day. And it's not like their, you know, their supplies got more expensive or the no. rate of no, no. It was just a hundred percent because they could. Local nineteen miners were fed up and decided to strike on February seventh. 1894. The conflict escalated when mine Legit. owners recruited ex-police and firefighters to form a private army to force the miners back to work. The miners retaliated with both Russia. right private army. Yeah, private army of you know firefighters and police. Yeah, love it. Sides arming themselves and resorting to the use of dynamite. In a development unparalleled in American labor history, Colorado Governor Davis H. Waite declared that the mine owner's force of 1,200 deputies be illegal and ordered the group to disband nice. on May 28th. Right? The private army did not initially retreat, and state militia was called in to protect the miners and civilians of the town. With the presence of the militia, Waite convinced the mine owners to honor the eight-hour shifts at $3 a day, and the deputies finally disbanded on June 11th. For almost a decade following the strike, the WFM's popularity and power increased throughout the region, even helping to elect most county officials, including the new sheriff of Cripple Creek. Interesting. Yeah. So it was. So the the militia was called in not not to try to break it, but to to keep the miners safe from a private army, which is illegal. Yeah. Right. I forgot to turn the captions on. Sorry. Sorry, Dad. We got them now. We're good. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. Sorry, Dad. Anyway, um, yeah. So the only time the the, the state was you know on the side of the miners, and I mean, only that's because also the only time in history that a corporation has used a private army against. Civilians. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is usually they don't have to use the private armies because the militias come out for them. Yeah. So they don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The the corporations' armies state funded. Yeah, exactly. So it's not usually a thing. So, all right. So now we're going to talk about some major... Look how crazy, though, to think that there was armed conflict, right? Mm -hmm. Militias, mm -hmm. government, mm -hmm. laws, all of this stuff. Five months. What did it end up with? Exactly the same. Exactly the same. As Sounds like before. my custody suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah six so, months so fighting. People got hurt. Guns people and drugs. Killed, exactly. And to end up exactly where... Spent, materials were spent. Yeah. Buildings were blown up. Nothing changed. To end exactly where we were. wanted to be fucking greedy. Yep. 
or assholes. And you know, like it. <laughs> so here's here's my thing. Like, and I and I know this is you know different for different industries or whatever. But if I if I found myself in a situation where I had a labor surplus, mm -hmm. right? I think I would try to weed out the shit workers. Yeah. You know, like like people who were just weren't great. Right. You know, I could take a shot and maybe get some more people who were great. Yeah. But not just fucking not, not just lower all their fucking wages. Right. Make them mad at you. No. I, so, I don't want my workers starving because right? I need to have enough energy to work. That's yeah, I don't understand that lag that disconnect between business owners. Like if your workers are not healthy and you know that includes having a place to live and access to medicine and access to food, right? Like mm -hmm. if your workers are not healthy, they're not productive for you. Yep. All right, let's let's go on for a second. Something physical like that. You know? Yeah. Can you imagine three bucks a day for eight you know, hours? Can you go to work in the mine when you got a chest cold? Of course you can. You're not going to get as much work done no. as someone else. You're no. Hacking your lungs and you're not going to do a 60 hour work week like that. Mm -mm. Well, no, they don't have to. They they got to back down to the original 40. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how much work was Sorry, mandatory. I'm like, I, I'm sure. All right. Let's see. The economy and what can really be described as mixed signals. While more Americans are definitely feeling positive, there are still some warning signs. ABC's Rena Roy is here now with more on that. Good morning, Rena. Brianna, good morning to you. That's right. She's the layoffs are already piling up this year. And we're just a She's few weeks big. into 2024. Wayfair announcing is preparing to lay off at least 13% of its global workforce. And the publisher of the iconic Sports Illustrated magazine saying that most of its staff will be let go. The union calling it a very difficult day for its members. And it comes after Macy's announcement earlier this week. The company laying off about 3.5% of its total headcount, roughly 2,300 employees. The iconic department store also closing five locations. Now, despite the growing number of job cuts, consumer sentiment about the economy was actually up 13% in the first half of January compared to December, right. according yeah. to consumer sentiment. So, but here's the thing that that's the thing they've been telling us has been wrong for months. Like you guys, the economy is great. Spending is up. The stock market's up. You guys are the crazy Stop ones. Right. Exactly. You're the ones that are crazy for, for your sentiment being off. And so now they're saying, wow, we're finally starting to get sentiment up and oh, we're doing all these fucking layoffs. So like, but it's, it's fine that we're doing all the layoffs because the consumer sentiment so is okay. It's like, it's like the, the people the way the people feel about the economy doesn't reflect the actual economy is, is how I'm understanding it. Right. Maybe the terms that you use. As the media? As, not the terms, but as the The, the, the measures, framing? The, the measures that you use, yeah. whether the economy is good or not, probably don't match what makes it good or bad for the average for the, No, that's what makes it good for the fucking stockholders. Yeah, like, like, that's, yeah. You can't tell me that people are wrong about how they feel about the all the economy. time every they time they either have enough to eat or they fucking or they don't. don't yeah like, it's ridiculous so stupid the university of michigan and that's likely because inflation has been cooling and mortgage interest Ooh. rates dropping job dropping prices are thing, also thing. lower and those are key down indicators when it comes to boosting positivity gas prices is amongst cool, americans you know what the like the fucking the united states has very little to do with that like that's more OPEC and natural disaster I, I hate than talking about gas. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like and they use it as like this like yeah. 
cool. Like, all the, the I did that Biden stickers. Right. Biden is not smart enough or capable enough to change fucking gas prices. I'm sorry. No. He's just not. Neither was Trump. Right. Neither was Bush. Neither, neither was Obama. Obama. Yeah. Nobody. Can, can they get a couple of cents here and there by passing this or, sure. this or whatever? But they are not responsible for it changing by dollars. No. And I, that's the rest of the fucking world. That that is the um sorry you're not that important. Right. And it's the Americans. the only thing that's like actually helped us out of all the things they're saying, well, this is better and this is better and this is better. Like in our daily life with our commute and things, the gas prices going down. It's yeah. been helpful to us. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah. But yeah. it's the only metric out of all the ones they've talked about that actually not like it has for an our actual difference. dollar amount yeah. difference on your weekly budget. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's gotten better. Yeah. It's taking a victory lap, guys, saying it is just the latest sign that President Biden's economic plan is delivering results that more. Put that bit up just a little bit. Latest sign that President Biden's economic plan is delivering results that more Americans are feeling. And that's how they end that. Like, here's this whole segment on mass fucking layoffs of 2024. But. Biden's you're thinking cool. about it. it's fine. Yeah. You're, you're judging your financial situation wrong. You should you should feel like it's better. Yeah. And oh, I don't know if I was gonna put sorry. Um oh one of the things I saw was uh UPS is gonna is doing a whole bunch of layoffs. I didn't have a video for it. It's but the time of year Well, that. no, the thing the th I was really bummed when I saw it because they just had this whole workers' movement, right? They almost went on strike and they got these whole huge contract renewals. So I was like, man, now they're going to lay them all off. And then I looked into it, and it's not, it's management. The fucking drivers and warehouse workers are not getting laid off. They're oh, cutting the fat in the fucking, the upper range of the, yeah. So okay. I was like, thank you. That's where you should be yeah. trimming the fat from those companies. The people sitting in the office of staring at spreadsheets, moving money around, and, you know, creating work for themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, not that, you know, some of those jobs are, no, like, but that's where the that, fucking but... the the profit stuck besides the yeah. shareholders. Yeah, the dudes it's... moving the fucking boxes around are making the money for it. Right, them. exactly. It's, I mean, back when the pandemic was going on, how many, well, you weren't really going into stores, but how many stories did you hear of managers trying to run restaurants? Yeah. They can't fucking do it. No. Right? But the line cook can do everything else in the store. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, That's the besides thing. Besides some bullshit computer and deposit work. And, and they want to talk about low. Open. He can wash the dishes. He can do the floor. Yep. He can cook the food. And they, we call those those jobs uh, low-skill jobs. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Anybody who has worked in retail yeah, or food. low-skill skills better than unskilled. Right, but like anybody who's worked a working-class labor job with your hands can okay. fucking go sit down in a computer in an office and... Fucking with within you know one day's training could do any of the whatever. You take one of those people and stick them in a fucking restaurant at brunch on you know fucking Sunday. Shit. No, they're gonna be crying in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like so you talk about a low skill. That's just another one of those class divides because we have to look down on the people below us so that we feel good about ourselves. No, I uh, my job brings me into a lot of uh, Starbucks. I'm, I'm in there you know, helping them out with their equipment and those kids, kids yeah. that they have working in there are fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. Like, they're slinging drinks yeah, left and right, getting shit on by the customers because they're posh, fucking better than you, attitude-having right. motherfuckers. <coughs> like, 
Yeah, it's amazing. They're they're doing an incredible job. But nobody wants to work. Our and, generation and doesn't know get, how to they work. They won't fucking pay them. No. And uh, I think Starbucks is no tips, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Tip so. jar, I don't think. Uh-huh. But either way, yeah, that, that's not unskilled. No. Sorry. All right. So first, we're going to talk about uh, the L.A. Times uh, losing a whole bunch of its staff. Uh, a painful morning at the LA Times. This is one day after a massive round of layoffs. That's right. More than 20% mm-hmm. of the newsroom staff, at least 115 workers yeah. were let go <laughs> yesterday. The owner says major cuts were necessary because the paper is losing 30 to $40 million a year. One of the reasons they say they are losing that amount of money is the growing number of people who use social media platforms to get math. their news and the pandemic. Uh, how many people? 115. 115? Uh-huh. Um, can you take 40 million dollars and divide it by 115 people? I think somebody's lying. Yeah, can you play it again? Yeah, I can do it too. Sorry, I got it. 40 million. 25 by 115 people? Mm-hmm. 347,000 and 822. Those people weren't making that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. No, they were and, making... And I know it costs more to have an employee than their actual wage, but... No, they were making 50, lying. 60 grand a year. Yeah, somebody's lying. Yeah. I mean, L.A., maybe 100 grand a year, but not 300. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it cost the paper millions in ad sales. L.A. Times Guild workers had walked off the job Friday for a one-day strike where they urged management to protect jobs. They've cut a lot of the fat that the LA Times had, and now they're cutting into the meat, and that's just going to be a pretty big problem in, germ- in terms of journalism. There, there is a lot of uncertainty right now, and I think it is tripled by the fact that it, the company is being very untransparent. After the layoffs were announced, the Guild released a statement saying, in part, today has been gutting, but the Guild will not be deterred or intimidated. We'll continue to fight for our members in the future of the Los Angeles Times. Now- so, yeah, the and I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the company that's on its way under getting rid of people. Like, sure, no, but what I'm what I'm saying is the the, the the what a problem this is for our entire country. Sure, like not having a media. Like, oh, there's a reason that's first in our Bill of Rights. Like, we need journalism. We need. You know, free speech, like, uh, that, you know, that's how you keep, the, you know, empire or, you know, power in check is through media. Like, and we haven't had an honest, you know, good media in decades, and so I'm not saying that, but I'm just, like, even as corrupt as it is, like, it's going to be so much worse if it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, this one thing isn't the, the end of democracy, but it's yeah. definitely... One of the straws on the camel. Right, exactly. And then we're going to, we had two videos about Sports Illustrated. So this I found when I was looking for a legitimate video. This is pretty gross. So just viewer, you know, whatever. Like they, they go, just, they're reaching. Man, they're going to pull something with this stretch. Okay. Is you've got a good Sports Illustrated story for us. Another form of go work, go broke. So Sports Illustrated in 2020 decided to use a trans model on the cover of their 2020 issue. And 
their 2020 issue. They used it. It says 2023. It says 2024 right here, but that's when this article came. That's when this is. No, the cover of the magazine oh. says 2023. Gotcha. They're saying that they did that in 2020 was when they used her. Oh, my so. God. And they're saying four that's years. That's a stretch. Yeah. Four years later, yeah. now they're going broke. The yeah. Oh, shit. Is you got a good Sports Illustrated story for us? Another form of go work, go broke. So Sports Illustrated in 2020 decided to use a trans model on the cover of their 2020 issue, and they've kept this up in successive magazines. Well, it will come as a shock to no one that news broke this week that much of the staff of Sports Illustrated and possibly all remaining writers and editors received layoff notices on Friday because they're not doing so well. Turns she out, so happy about that. Do you see that? She's like, "Oh my god, these people support trans people, and they're not doing so well." The biggest fucking Cheshire cat grin on her mm -hmm. face as she delivers that news. Like, it's so gross. Excels just some. <laughs> well, I Are think you surprised, James? Well, look, uh, I think actually it's important not to sort of turn this around too much because the thing is actually credit. is that Sports Illustrated had been a declining brand forever. So really what the lesson here is that when you are in decline, don't try these stunts to try and get some media hype and attention because it's not that they went broke because they did these stunts. They went, were going broke, and then they decided to start doing these woke stunts to try and get some controversy and maybe sell some copies or something. That's it actually... Can't you know, possibly the, be because we actually want to be inclusive and, and i'm not saying they weren't or were or whatever but I, just, I i i don't know man i i will also say unapologetically that if i picked up a fucking swimsuit edition sports illustrated i picked it up to stare at ladies yeah right like that's that's I don't, that's a different magazine there are those magazines. Like, go find one. It's a lady in a bathing suit, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but does it fucking matter? Like, if that was true, then they wouldn't have said. No, they are saying it because it's the whole like the representation matters, right? Like that's the it does. As much as I don't like identity politics, it does representation does I, matter. I don't have any issues with trans people. I'm fine with that, but. If I was reaching for that magazine. But, but if you as, were reaching for that magazine kid. and you were flipping through it and you couldn't tell she was fucking trans, then you're going to be grossed out when you find out later because you were turned on by her. That's the problem. Like, that's where the homophobia comes in, where the transphobia comes in. Is oh my God, I saw a pretty lady and then found out no, she was born with a penis. No, and I'm, so that I'm makes me. I'm in the middle of that. I'm in the middle of that. I'm saying if, if it was really, you know, about this person's gorgeous, we should just have them in a swimsuit in this book. They'd be in the middle somewhere. I. But Not necessarily. They have a cover every month. They need to fucking cycle through models. No, 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 no. The it? swimsuit edition is once a year. Okay, that's true. You're right. But yeah, it's not every month. The swimsuit edition is a special edition that's once a year. And, and it's a traditional thing. It's been around a long, long time. And people don't get it because they want to get into trans politics. Sure, I guess. Because yeah, they want to see ladies in paint on bikinis. You can still see that. <laughs> yeah, you definitely can. But I just, unnecessary. This is this is Cartman going and saying throw, throw a lady in there, make her gay, yeah, make it suck. Right? I don't know. I, I I'm with that point. I I disagree. I feel like just with you know 
I'm not saying that every, you know, fashion model needs to, you know, you know, every playboy, every everything needs to go, you know. But, like, I just, people take it as be, having a trans person represented in any kind of media, to take it as having it shoved down their throat. I'm sorry. These people. If it's on the cover it, of every one since 2020, that is. All right, let's fact check that. Let's fact that, check that. that. It's a stunt. It, it, it's a stunt that was shoved down your throat. All right, let me see. And again, if there's fucking 15 models in each one, then one okay, of them is Okay, so this says she fun? was one of four cover models for Sports Illustrated 2023 Swimsuit Edition. So she's like not the only one. Covers. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that's not what, that's why they're not making any fucking money. They make four covers for each magazine. Yeah, right. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, I I don't think that that's the the reason they're going broke. Is what I'm saying. And we're, the next video gets I, into. I, I definitely 100 don't think it's why they're going broke. I, I just I, it was a stunt and it fucking failed. I don't know that it was a stunt. I think they're just trying to be inclusive. No right. chance. The correct order in which these things always wind up occurring. Right. I, I like his point. He's it, it, pretty solid. Like, yeah. no, magazines, print magazines have been in decline for 20 fucking years. Yeah, no, I agree you with know? that, but I'm just saying I, I don't think that that's all there was to it. The entire staff? Yeah. Yeah, that's not just a swimsuit. That's what problem. I'm, right. Yeah. So here, this is, uh, this is the what actually happened. It's a sad day today in journalism because we say goodbye to the employees of one of the greatest sports magazines of our generation. The Arena Group alerted all Sports Illustrated staffers on Friday that their positions were being eliminated. So according to front office sports, the decision comes after the Authentic Brands Group, which is the licensing group that bought Sports Illustrated for $110 million five years ago, terminated the agreement it holds with the Arena Group to publish the magazine in print and digital. It was reported that the Arena Group missed a $2.8 million payment that breached the company's Sports Illustrated licensing deal three weeks ago. And as of now, it's unclear whether ABG will establish a new operator or allow the arena group. Yeah, so it's, yes, they're in decline, yes, they're whatever, but like, that's what actually happens. Right. <laughs> not, not just, oh, we, we decided to include one trans lady and not like, no, they've been in decline. It's been a thing. Like, it's, for 20 years. Right. Yeah. Pretty much since the internet. God, I haven't seen this Group Sports Illustrated magazine current in 20 years. Back in November, <laughs> the magazine came under fire when it scrubbed its site of AI-generated content that included bylines and photos of fake authors. Yeah, that was a whole scandal I hadn't heard about. They were releasing articles with AI AI written articles with AI photos and author, like just straight up and presenting them as a human written article. In print? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, they had to scrub their, um, or I'm not sure if it was in, for sure on their website, they had to go scrub it. I'm not sure how that worked with 
in print magazines, but mm -hmm. but no, they were putting out AI generated content as uh, just news that was researched and. You know, just like a failing business. The Arena Group fired then CEO yeah. Ross Levinson, who had served in the role since 2020. However, back in December, a majority investor in the Arena Group, who joined the company as chairman interim CEO, told the Post that Levinson's firing had nothing to do with the AI debacle back in November. Yeah. So that's about as much sports as we're ever going to do yeah. on this show. Uh, I am wearing my Broncos shirt just because it's Super Bowl weekend and I don't give a shit about football at all. My family are Broncos fans, so this is what I am. I figured I'd be part of the, the spirit for the Super Bowl weekend. All right. Uh, so next, we're going to talk about Elon Musk's uh, pay package that he had rescinded. And Sick. a... Uh, metal drummer is who filed the suit against him. So this video is from Rock and Metal News. Love it. Yeah, you're not gonna love this. No one on Earth should have fifty-six billion dollars. Right, let alone as a fucking compensation package from one. No company needs to have that much money. Which basically what the judge said. That, that's just a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, much. Of, yeah, that's what the judge said. Hey, what's up? This is Boss on Earth, and you're watching Rock and Metal News. Hey guys, this is Ron from the YouTube's Rock and Metal News with a Rock and Metal News update. Wow, the power of metal drummers. A metal drummer, Richard T. He had a suit uh, that he hit billionaire Elon Musk with, and it hit Musk hard. The musician who played drums for Dawn of Creation filed a suit against Musk back in 2018. It was to stop Elon Musk's company Tesla from awarding Musk a $56 billion compensation package. Richard had an issue. Yeah, so it's taken it this long. Six years? Yeah. That's yeah. the real story here. Well, we're going to get into you more what the actual full story is after this. But yeah, no, it's crazy. Trying to keep Two with the package he was getting, claiming that the Tesla board had breached their fiduciary duties in awarding Musk the huge compensation package, which was performance-based. Richard holds approximately nine shares in Tesla and stated that Musk controlled tes Tesla, claiming that the board acted without independence in approving the package. CNBC stated... The Delaware Weird, you don't Supreme think, you don't think he could be the type to pressure the board to stand behind them and say, if you don't do exactly what I want you to do, I'm going to fucking, you know. He's exactly that type. Look me in the fucking face, other Tesla guys, and tell me that giving him that money will benefit the company. At all. No, like, and that's your job there. It's not to benefit him, it's to benefit yeah, the company. Yeah, that's what, and that's what like, the suit said. It was the, they breached the fiduciary duty of Tesla. Exactly. with Richard on this, ruling that Musk had extensive ties and influences over several individuals who had negotiated the compensation package. And then Musk posted on Twitter, and you can check that out in the link in the description, he said, never incorporate your company in the state of Delaware. He later Which, as said, we've talked about, is like the, the best thing. <laughs> I have to imagine all of his companies are incorporated. Not anymore. 
No, we're, no. we're going to talk about that. Okay. He may potentially move Tesla's state of incorporation to Texas. Richards, Richards' representative stated, we are enormously grateful for the court's thorough and extraordinarily well-reasoned decision in turning back the Tesla board's absurdly outsized pay package for Musk. The court... The court's hard work will rebound directly to the benefit of Tesla investors who will right. see the dilution from the gargantuan pay package erased. So amazing. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. This is Ron from YouTube's Rock and Metal News. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, so he went on Twitter and did a poll. Like, should we or should we not change the incorporation of Tesla? from Delaware to Texas, which is where they've already moved the headquarters to. Um, so the pulse was yes, so they're in the process of that, but they have already moved the Neuralink headquarters from where or the incorporation date from. They, he did that already so fast. Um, that one's already done. Uh, or wait, no, he moved that one to Nevada. That's what it was. He's trying to move Tesla to Texas and he moved Neuralink to Nevada. Arlington, not Arlington, Neuralink. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, captions and not keeping up with my fast talking. All right, so we're uh, with this pay package going away. Now Jeff Bezos is on track to be to take over as the richest man in the world. Um, so they're both, or this is from 2020, beginning of the pandemic to 2021 this graph is and elon musk is hovering at like 24 billion and in one year he went from 24 billion to 150 billion dollars tell me what he did as a person to produce that much fucking value and wealth and resources to a person on this planet worth that much money he went 125 billion dollars in one year like that's bonkers Jeff, Billy, Jeff Bezos went from 112 to 176. That's still almost fucking 50%. Like, it's mm -hmm. huge. Yeah, and, and over a period of time where the vast majority of the country was suffering yeah, greatly. exactly. In their houses and losing jobs. Mm -hmm. and, losing yep. their fucking minds. So this is more recent. This is uh, February of 2023 to January of 2024. And you can see they're both hovering right at $200 billion. Good God. So that is the two wealthiest people. Their net worth uh, between them is right about $400 billion. For two people, $400 billion. Two people. And no matter how much you think you can, you can't fathom how much $200 billion is. It's Scrooge McDuck levels. No, it's like, like if you had million dollar bills, yeah. you could have a Scrooge you, McDuck you pool. Yeah. Like, like, that's so much money. But what's bonkers is just how much it's increased in such a short period mm -hmm. of time. So we go back to 2010, when the richest person in uh, America was Bill Gates at $54 billion. And that was an unfathomable, ungodly amount of money. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Koch brothers, that was... They're that five was... and... Five but on this list, age, yeah. That's 50 years of them raping yeah. the, the world. Yep. Right? And fucking these guys are making that in a year? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So 
you've got the top two in 2010, they total about 99 billion. So a difference of 301 billion in 14 years. That's, that's a 75% increase Look, it's in the world. Relax, inflation is slowing. You're right. You're right. All right. Things are way better than you think, even though you can't afford groceries. Things are way better than you think, and you just need to calm down. Yeah, Inflation get over is yourself. Slowing. Get over yourself here. Silly. They call me a liberal, which is hilarious. Joke. So, yeah. And they're useless. They're useless fucking people. They, they don't do anything. They don't contribute anything. They're not coming up with ideas. Paying other people to come up with ideas. Yes, exactly. They're, they're a fucking bank. Like, get rid of them. All right, so now... There is no world in which I don't have a billion dollars in my pocket and then I fuck off. Oh, right? You will never, never see. see me ever again. I will be traveling. I will be doing very exotic drugs all over the right? world. Yeah. Like, there is there is no world in which I just don't fuck off. Yeah. Which is exactly what you should do when you have that much money. Yeah. You fuck should. Fuck off for the rest of your life. Yeah. Go buy an island and... You know, have your kids fuck off. Like, right. Everyone should fuck off with yeah. that kind of money. Leave some for the rest of us. Yeah. That, well, that's the thing. Is like, like, we constantly talk about how we can't just print money. So if we can't do that, that makes it a fucking zero-sum game. And they have sucked out $301 billion between the two of them. They have sucked $301 billion out of the economy, out of our fucking pockets. How many people? Uh, we're at like $9 billion now. Something like that, real close to that, eight billion. Billion. So that's almost a dollar a person. But yeah, that's insane. No one. But that's just that the top money. two, right? Yeah. yeah. No exactly. How much money no. ever, 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 ever? No. No, they're more than like sixty percent. The bottom sixty percent combined. That's, and that's like the top one percent, not those two. The, the yeah. Two. Let, let's fight it. Out. Right. Right. Let's get the bottom one percent. And the top one percent brawl. Let's box. Let's let's do it. I'm there. Let's do it. All right. So we are going to talk about this topic uh, because it got me. Uh, and I actually skipped something. But okay. Um, when I started looking for the the barter convoy, I had seen a a headline about. Um, when the people in the convoy got there, like they realized there was nothing really going on. There wasn't like there wasn't an actual border crisis. So that's what I started looking for. Wait, this convoy is on the American side of the border. Yes. Okay. So seven hundred thousand truckers take part in a border convoy. So this is from a couple weeks ago. Um, this has been really hyped for a while, um, and I fell for the propaganda. And um, when I First started looking into this, I very quickly noticed something about the search results I was getting. So mm. let's watch this and then we'll talk about those search results that I got. It's a little long, but Texas Governor Greg Abbott refusing to give up control of the Texas border to federal officials, saying the state will not give federal agents full access to Shelby Park today. That ignores a deadline set by the Biden administration, which is today. Instead, Abbott is installing more razor wire following a Supreme Court order allowing federal agents to start removing it. 
Texas now receiving support from 25 Republican governors, all backing Governor Abbott's border actions, blaming the Biden administration for the crisis. All Biden has done is keep Trump's policies in yeah, place. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, and th- so now they're they're just saying this is Biden's crisis, this is Biden's problem, and all these governors are standing up saying, "Sorry, the federal government isn't is wrong here. We have Texas's back." Um, I'm gonna skip ahead though and just get to um, where they talk about the Trump. This exit is pretty long. Says ah. former. Illegal immigrants turn them over to ICE or a nonprofit to move them into the interior of the United States. They are not there to stop the invasion. Uh, and that's perfectly clear to anyone that's been on the border, anyone that sees the videos. At one point during the tsunami of probably a month ago, there were no Border Patrol agents actually in the field. They were all in the office processing paperwork during that tsunami. So that's what he's saying is the problem is that there's, there's, all the money is going there. Uh, all the officers are just doing paperwork. They're too busy. So they aren't actually able to out be out stopping hills because all this stuff is just too much paperwork. We just have to do too much processing. And it's we need to be able to just God, shoot them. Literally, like that's. There's no paperwork behind fucking finding a pile of dead bodies. Yeah. Because there fucking should be. Let's talk about this. Trucker convoy, you brought this up just a moment ago. So this is called Take Our Border Back. It kicks off Monday. So you've got multiple starts. You've got trucks leaving from Virginia Beach that are going to go through Texas, Arizona, California. On the website, it describes the event event as a peaceful assembly, encouraging all freedom-loving and law-abiding Americans to attend. I saw that you posted on X to raise awareness about that. You obviously just mentioned it a moment ago. I understand that you're going to be speaking once they get to Eagle Pass. Uh, I also see that, you know, that it's going to go through Yuma. It's going to go to San Ysidro, California as well. Uh, 700,000 vehicles. That's the prediction here. How do you keep that, well, peaceful and on track? That's a lot of trucks. So, yeah, it's specifically being billed as 700,000 truckers coming down to take our border or take our border back, right? Uh, we don't my, need that. My level of doubt's pretty high. Yeah, we don't need to sit through all of this. But so this was back in January, like 26. This was like almost two weeks ago, roughly two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been hyping it ever since. So I don't know if you know anything about YouTube searches. Um, when you search anything, it's a fairly assorted mix of, at least for topics I tend to search, of like, you know, mainstream as a legitimate news sources and independent people like us posting whatever it's usually a fair mix of whatever and i um i tend to you know aim towards the the more mainstream i don't say legitimate because that's crap but you know the more well-known sources because a lot of what we do is point out the propaganda in those anyway mm-hmm. and so i'm not super worried about that but in this case there wasn't a single fucking entry i searched it 50 different ways that wasn't from a mainstream media source like I was trying to find that clip, like I said, about the lady who got down there and like, I I searched like uh, convoy hoax. I searched whatever. And it was all just news sources, news sources, news sources fucking hyping this convoy. And I'm just like, what? Is nobody from this it's convoy all, posting? 
Yeah, exactly. Like, is nobody? You can't tell me you got seven hundred thousand people together and nobody talked about it on social media. Right. Well, so so people are together, but it's not what it's billed as. So, okay. uh, when I first started looking for it, this was the very first thing I came across was this gallery from Reuters. So there's thirty pictures in it. Um, I don't have all those. I don't have all the pictures. I picked a few. Um, so we got a participant of the take our take back our border trucker convoy rally against migrants crossing from Mexico. Wears a Trump T-shirt during the event in Quemado, Texas. And then we got singer Ted Nugent performs. And then we got fucking Sarah Palin here. So I'm like, man, this is a real who's who of shit, shitty people, right? So mm-hmm. this is gross. So that was my first thought. I'm like, okay, let's let's look into this some more. And yeah, it we'll just move on. Uh so we got this guy. Uh I think he's praying. Look at he looks like he's trying to poop. He just there's there's lots of it, it's cult shit. Look at this. So they're praying. She's got her arms up, they're touching her, she's got her hands wrapped around. Um yeah, they're praying there. Yeah, very, very angelical going on. So there, this chick is being baptized in a trough at the event. In one of the other videos we have talks a little more about that. But so if you see this picture, you see this truck here. And then this guy, there was an interview with him. He's supposed to be like the lead truck. And I listened to it. And they're like, what are your, you know, goals? Dude, he didn't know what to fucking say. He was like so unrehearsed. He was just basically like heard there was a thing and decided let's go. And had no actual, like, issues to stand on or goals to get out of this. And I didn't even want to waste everybody's time because it was just, it was hard to listen to. But so if you look here, you got the one truck here. And then you've got an RV. And then you've got a truck, a truck, and then a whole bunch of cars. A whole bunch of cars. 700,000 trucker rally right okay. keyword in this whole thing that they Trucker keep talking convoy. about yep so can you imagine the cost of fuel yeah. driving 700,000 trucks from one point to another right a lot so this i found from cbs in the austin hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars. oh probably USA! The Take Our Borders Back convoy has made half a dozen stops on its way to Dripping Springs, just south of Austin. Tonight, a small crowd of people waited at Veterans Memorial Park to see the vehicles roll in, and a more than two-hour delay could not make them budge. It's about Americans getting together because there's something wrong and we want to make it right. Michael R. drove in from Athens, Texas, to show his support for a more secure border. He supports the efforts of organizers to ensure that all rallies on this nationwide trip are peaceful, but says it might be hard to control oh, people who turn out for the wrong yeah. reasons. People whose hearts in it are going to be peaceful, but I also understand that there are people that aren't going to want this to go off without a hitch, and there go, you know, uh, throw the monkey wrench into the system and make it look uglier than it really is. Dan Beasley drove in from Detroit for the Texas rallies and brought this 65-pound cross he made in his garage. When I heard about what was happening uh, with this group, um, I knew immediately that that was 
that was the right time in the right place. Beasley has taken the 10-foot-tall cross to Uvalde and other cities across the country that were rocked by violence. He says it sends a strong message to both Democrats and Republicans. Peace, hope, and love. And that's, that's, I know that that's what this event's going to be. Thank you for watching. Please hit the subscribe button. I gotta go back and find it. That's some cult shit. Right? It's straight up cult shit. I gotta go back and find something now. There it was. Have a note. You know, it's not even that. You know, definitely do activism, right? Sure. In whatever way that's necessary, you know, be be peaceful, stand up for your rights, do do stuff. I think the problem here is that I've seen that 700,000 number many, many, many times. Right. Just in glancing through headlines. And why? Why Why are you guys hyping? That's not what the news is for. There was, I have a note here. I can't find it in the video, but one of the signs said February 3rd, like 3th, like 4th, nice. but 3rd. Hell yeah. I'm sorry, so I was looking for it. I can't find it, but that's a. Uh, yeah, what, what does someone have to gain so, for making this such a big deal? All right, so then this is from the t Today, uh, the Today Show. So we're doing some more, just like said, the, the main media. Main oh, media. Today, the outlet, not yeah. Today's. No, gotcha. yeah, right, yeah. Gotcha. The United States Senate could reveal today details of a hotly debated bipartisan immigration reform bill. Which we're also going to talk about Washington later. Washington comes amid anger and frustration across the country over the overwhelming number of migrants crossing into the United States from Mexico. NBC's Priscilla Thompson is in the border town of Eagle Pass, Texas this morning. Priscilla, good morning. Willie, good morning. This weekend, a trio of anti-immigration rallies took place in Arizona, California, and not far from here. Hundreds of people drove for hours from across the country to take part in these, quote, take our border back convoys. And while there was talk on social media of civil war and violence, these demonstrations were uh, peaceful demonstrations. Some folks even making their way down to the border, many of them telling me that they were surprised Ooh. they thought that things would be there worse here now i had the wrong video february 3rd you see up yep. <laughs> february 3rd 2024 <laughs> is it third or fifth right the things would be worse here now border apprehensions were down in January more than 50% compared to the record highs that we saw in December. But still, demonstrators here say that more needs to be done. We've got kids coming across the border. Being Look at the outfit. Like, it's just ultra. Awesome. And everything the Biden administration has got a t-shirt. Take back our border convoy 2024. They have merch. And these rallies like, come as the Senate oh. is preparing to vote on a new immigrant. Oh. Every fucking right wing grifter is always after merch sales. Yep. Like, this is. Speaking of which, buy our merch. It's an arm <laughs> of fucking Alex Jones, man. Yeah. Like, like, ah, the world's gonna end. But I have stuff you can buy. We also think the world's gonna end. We also have stuff you can buy, but it's not gonna it help you in the help. end of the world. No. no. no <laughs> you should still buy it. You should, right. Hoodie might keep you warm, but like, yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, we're not we're not doing protein packs in five year no. buckets. <laughs> you know what puts hair on your chest? Ration yeah. bill this week, the text of which could be released today, but already former President Donald Trump is opposing the bill. Meanwhile, the House is moving forward with the impeachment process for Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas which with the House Rules Committee set to meet on that tomorrow. Willie? Priscilla Thompson along the border in Eagle Pass, Texas. Priscilla, thanks so much. Hey, thanks for watching. All right, so that's the the mainstream news as to what's what's happening here, right? You feel like you have a pretty good idea as to like what the the what they want you to know is going on here. All right, so then I found this. The, the, the channel is called Bonehead Truckers, uh, and I'm pretty sure the guy's a little buzzed, a little drunk. He's coming in doing the video, but he's worth listening to, and it's kind of long. It's like ten minutes, but I won't listen to most of it. It is worth listening to. Check the guy out. So Texas trucker convoy exposed. He looks like a badass. What's going on, everybody? I have been at the trucker's convoy. And let me just say this. Trucker's <laughs> convoy. Yes. Uh, the media has been pushing this whole trucker's convoy for, for... Pleasantly buzzed. For, I've noticed for a week. That's why I noticed. It's a week. And let me just tell you that this little truckers convoy, I do mean little. Talk about one drug. One. 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 Can you hear it? You can still hear it. You can't see the cars moving on the road? Mm -hmm. Weird. Oh, it just caught up. Did it play again? Okay. Yeah, well, I just got an internet Wi Fi warning. One drug. Yeah. Now, throughout the day, did I see other trucks kind of join in and off the horn, wave a flag? Yeah. But at the end of the day, one. Then you got one that thinks they're a truck. That's the one that's pulling. But let's just say this. This is my synopsis of this whole thing. Media has pointed this into a trucker's convoy. It's on their website, on their little brochure looking deal. Or they have the trucks right there in convoy. When you sit there and you see a, a, a brochure, like a little thing, a little picture on your freaking Facebook, and you see the word convoy and you see trucks, what is the first thing you think of? Truck or convoy. And guess what? The media has been driving this and using old clips from 2022. Mm -hmm. One truck. One truck. But that's there not the a, bad thing. found a piece from... Uh, uh, France's news, and I was like, "Hey, no, all these fucking videos you're seeing on the media, these lines of trucks, those are from the 2020 uh, trucker strikes. Those Jesus are not actually Christ. happening right now." The bad thing is, is that I have witnessed firsthand that there has been provo provocateurs in this said trucker convoy to take our old border back like i got a question what are you going to do down there what are you going to do even if you had 300 trucks what are you going to do <laughs> make it hard on law enforcement what are you going to do i'm in dripping springs uh blah, blah. I, i'm in dripping springs texas 
where from here they're supposed to go down to the border. I think I'm gonna take my bags going back to the house. I ain't going to the border. I'm gonna tell you the reason why. I think there's some bad stuff going gonna go down. Possibly, possibly not. There's some people that are in this whole convoy, caravan, whatever. There's some people, some bad actors that make the rest of the people look bad. And uh, I definitely do think that there's going to be some shenanigans and I don't want to be a part of it. And the problem with this is, and the reason why it brought us here, Bonehead Truckers, which is a trucking channel, is that they used Truckers Convoy. They use that. They could sit there and say, oh, no, we didn't do that. Huh? Yeah, you did. And you, something bad happens. Guess who gets the blame? Truckers do. When really, in all reality, one truck, one was involved. And, and I briefly talked to the guy that drove that one truck. He didn't really act like he wanted to talk. These people are weird. <laughs> These people are freaking weird. And I just got a lot of questions. I got a lot of questions on this. Like, there's like donation links, like $156,000. Where is that going? I mean, these are questions that I have. But the main thing is, and someone else can go and talk about that. I don't care. People want to put money into nothing, then put money into nothing. You know, that you'll never see. You'll never see the fruits of your labor. You just know it. You're just throwing your money. Whatever. Throw your money away. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. <laughs> if something bad happens, and I do believe that there's some bad apples in this group of supposed trucker convoy, which no trucks, just one, one, one. <clears throat> Truckers are going to get blamed. And that's a sad thing. Uh, there's a... <laughs> I learned this. This is, I've been getting emails like all day, actually for the last few days, but especially today from different people. So they're telling me the same thing about these, what they call streamers. People make their living off of going to protest and traveling around the country. And doing it wrong. And they're provocateurs. You can just go. They've been noted saying that they took the truckers convoy in 2022, the people's convoy in which I did not agree with that. I believed in the convoy that they had in Canada. You Canadians, you guys know, I love you guys up there. You snow Mexicans. Y'all did it right. But we got a bunch of freaking coattail riders here and uh, the people's convoy wanted to be just like you, but instead of having a reason to, they didn't have a reason. They didn't have a cause. They wanted the money. There's money in it. There's some fame in it. There was like, hey, look at me. And again, yep. if that's what they wanted to do, fine. People wanted to give them money, fine. Um, but I didn't support it. Now, would I support a real convoy with real issues in trucking? Absolutely. But the border ain't it. Guys, if you're coming down here into the border, and again, I'm in Dripping Springs outside of Austin. But if you're going down there into the border, don't. There's nothing for you there. Absolutely nothing. Don't go. Just don't go at all. If you want to go somewhere, you want to freaking fly flag. Listen to the rest of it. But 
yeah, he's like, no, this is bullshit. This is not trucks. There's no, it's a whole bunch of fucking cult members who are driving around in a fucking, who are road tripping, right? To, to sell, sell merch, merch and, and to sell baptisms. They, the, the baptisms are for sale, for what that's worth. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, we're not not making enough money doing what we're doing for. So, all right. So this is the actual like video I thought I was gonna we were gonna focus on in the first place mm-hmm. was the one lady. So I did eventually find it after I did lots and lots of searching. So I figured I would show a piece of it, but it's I was just blown away. Where's the invasion? Well, the convoy got down here to Texas. Uh, Welcome to Texas, I guess. Uh, (laughs) It's just, I mean, this whole thing, follow me here, folks. This is hilarious. Uh, This convoy has been told that there's an invasion and this, that, and they came down here with their AR-15s and they were going to save the day. And then they're not even on the border. They aren't because they all went down there and they took a look and they're like, huh. Where's the invasion? No, I'm so serious. Play, play, play the video. I've been talking to these folks who have come from all over Texas, even other parts of the country to be here. And some of them, even though we are about a half hour from Eagle Pass, have driven down to Eagle Pass to try to actually see what's happening at the border. And I've spoken to a number of people who said that they're a little surprised by what they're seeing here. I want to play a conversation with a woman, Misty. Take a listen. It was, it, it's pretty surreal. We actually made it into Eagle Pass and we went and saw um, Shelby Park. Um, I was able to see some people actually trying to cross and stop at the at the wire there so it was it's very eye-opening and so and tell me more about eye-opening is it what you expected is it better is it worse it's not what i expected but then again i don't know what i expected um i can tell you it's not as bad as what i thought so that that's kind of eye-opening in itself too yeah yeah they they haven't come up with their talking points yet as you see as to why this is not not (laughs) they can't figure out they're 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 I'm not saying we don't have people crossing the southern border. We do. But they're they're making it sound like the Russian army that's just mm-hmm. marching, you know, a hundred across, you know, a, like a stampeding. Like, it's not the here's a family crossing, here's a family crossing, you know, whatever. Why there's no invasion and they don't know exactly what to think about that. Uh, so let me, before you get some talking point shoved in your ear, right wingers, let me help you with that. You were lied to. I've been telling you from the beginning, it's all a lie. There is no crisis down here. There is no invasion down here. The federal government has this under control and Alejandro, Alejandro Mayorkas went down with Anthony Blinken, um, back in December and had a meeting, uh, with the uh, president of Mexico and and their counterparts down there, um, they did more to solve this border crisis in one meeting than my government, government Governor Abbott did, uh, wasting $8 billion on this stupid show, uh, this stupid show that convinced you, right-wingers, uh, that there was an invasion. President Mexico didn't sell all that fucking merch, though. Nope, sure didn't. Yeah, and we could be done with this, but but yeah, that's that's what I thought. I was thought I was going to focus on the propaganda that was fed to them to get there, and then 
find out that one. Like, that's where I thought this segment was going to go. And then when I started, and it was all fucking news for Like, it was no, no peoples. And it was all Ted Nugent and Sarah Palin. And it was all the same. Just, yeah. Every time we go into an election year, it just seems like we turn into a South Park reality. Like, everyone loses their fucking minds, and they all turn into the adults from South Park. Right. Like, it is so fucking... I mean, I want to say funny, but it's not. It's terrifying. But people are so fucking stupid. Yeah, seriously. Like, how, how do you know it's an election year? Are they talking about immigration? I mean, the they, it's all an election year now anymore. Like, I we mean, just have one yes. big constant election yeah. cycle. Oh, it definitely heats up. For sure. You know, there, there were no convoys to the fucking border. Not like, not like that. All right. So now. Well, I guess there wasn't really one this year either. Right. Uh, so now it's time for our uh, shameless plug. Uh, we just want to do this once per episode and get it out there. So if you like what you're hearing and you want to support us, we've got several ways you can do that. First off, here's our lovely website. If you go right here to the dollar sign guy, that's our merch store. Um, we set up the DP merch store so that every item you buy, we get exactly $10 and all paid memberships include a free iHeart DP sticker. So just tell us where to ship it and what color you'd like. Uh, and you'll also get an exclusive invitation to our monthly bonus episode. Uh, you can check out Patreon or Substack for the different membership options and sub Substack also hosts the podcast version of the show and our show notes. Um, and if you can't, contribute financially, I feel you, you still play a vital role here. Engaging with us by liking, subscribing, and sharing our content is the most helpful thing anyone can do. Right now, subscriber drive. Like, we need to get to 500 subscribers so we can start monetizing. Um, so that's our that's our first goal. Um, you can also sign up for our mailing list at Substack, which is always free, and it's the best way to keep in touch with us. You can also email us at divergentpolitics.com. So links to all of these things and more can be found at our website at divergentpolitics.com. And I realized I just said the email wrong. It's divergentpolitics at gmail.com <laughs> for the email. So there's the different uh, items you can get. And then this is that sticker that uh, all three members will get. And that's it for that. All right. And now we've got our uh, mutual aid signal boost, which is actually not blank for the first time. This set up here. here. Um, there we go. All right, cool. All right, so uh, I know this technically um, doesn't qualify as a mutual aid group, but it it was definitely a good cause, and I felt like this was a good time to go ahead and share this. So um, during our mutual aid signal boost, we'll read all relevant chats, uh, even if they're unpaid. If you uh, want to share info with us regarding, you know, mutual aid networks in your area, you can also email that info to us, and we'll share it on our next episode. And all uh, links will be posted in our show notes for each episode. So. Um, I said tonight doesn't no take fake trucker convoy. No fake trucker convoys. I don't know. We'll put it out there if you want. Yeah, if you want to donate to yeah. it. So but we're gonna. I don't know if you heard, but um, so UNRWA is the agency that provides uh, 
economic or you know aid to Palestinians specifically. And uh, about a week ago, uh, there was I think nine uh, members of UNRWA employees who were accused of taking part in the October seventh attack. And so it was this huge scandal. How could you be part of Hamas and be you know part in that whatever? Well, it turns out those uh, allegations are basically completely unsubstantiated. Hmm. But they've already been fired, and and they and based on those allegations, the the U.S. decided to stop funding UNRWA. So that was uh, they are in need of donations now more than ever. So we're going to watch this little video on what happened. Only a few days after the ICJ ruled that Israel must stop committing genocidal acts against the Palestinians, Israel and some other allies have decided to pause funding to UNRWA that provides humanitarian aid to 1.7 million Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. This happened after Israel conveniently accused some of UNRWA staff members of being part of the October 7th attack. The UNRWA was set up in 1949 to assist the victims of the 1948 Nakba for 750,000 Palestinians. 70 fucking years ago. Yep. Still killing those people. Yep. Palestinians were displaced and made refugees on their own land. This organization provides healthcare, education, and other humanitarian aid, the most important aid being food. If funding isn't resumed, they will have to stop. I read, I saw a thing today that they're literally eating uh, animal feed in Palestine to stay alive right now because they don't have any food. They're literally eating dog food, cat food, cow food. For the end of February. So the UNRWA did an investigation and they ultimately decided to terminate 12 of their employees. But after further investigation, that number went down to six being potentially involved. Six out of 13,000 employees in the Gaza Strip and 30,000 overall. That's 0.0002% of the staff. The several claims made by the Israeli intelligence were without proof. And now Gazans will face even more collective punishment and cruelty. He claimed that the UN was serving Palestinian right to return narrative, as if there's something wrong with that, and said that it perpetuates the refugee problem. Okay, there wouldn't be refugees if they were forcibly removed from their land, but a genocidal maniac isn't a man of many truths or integrity. The timing of this is nothing short of a pathetic attempt to get around the ICJ ruling and continue to squeeze all life out of Gaza. What many may not know is that Israel has been wanting to stop funding the UNRWA for years. Weird. In 2018, Benjamin Netanyahu wanted to shut it down gradually and urged the U.S. to cut funding. If they are going to use that logic to justify shutting down an entire system due to a few bad apples, then why don't they defund the police in the United States? or defund the Israeli military the Israeli for military. a genocide, yeah. when we know these institutions are more than just a few bad apples. Israel's propaganda machine is heartless and shameless. Fortunately, there are a few countries that refuse to cut funding to the UNRWA, like Ireland, Scotland, Belgium, Norway, Slovenia, and Spain. The only way this ends is when more countries decide that they don't want to go down in history as supporters of a genocide. You know, it's, it's obviously not always Only a true. few I mean, days if you, after the If you want to know if you're on the right side of conflict, what side is Ireland on? Yeah, right. They, they, they are not as white as they are. Mm -hmm. They are. They don't fall for that shit. No. They know 
they understand. They've been on the receiving end. They, they understand that, when yeah. someone's being oppressed. So this is uh, the website, unrwausa.org slash donate. And uh, this is the, what it'll look like when you get there. And we put our money where our mouth is. We made a donation ourselves. You can see here, I blocked out the email because it's my personal email. I did, did it with. Come up with that uh, so it was $25 plus the fees to cover oh, the. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was like, you know, $25 and will you cover the the dollar 37 or whatever to me yeah um yeah otherwise weird amount but yeah so um not technically mutual aid but uh figure that's a good place for our viewers to throw some of their money uh if they're not gonna throw it at us Ugh. right how gross brutal it's fucking all right so now we're gonna get on to our political segment I think this is going smoother than it has. I'm using the different slides. Um, the sound has not been nearly the issue of. I think it's going fine. Very cool political. All right. So, topics we're not going to cover in depth tonight, but you should definitely look into. Um, generally, this list is. Not things that we didn't necessarily have time to cover, but it's things that I couldn't find good content to to talk about them with. Like I couldn't find relevant videos or good visual like data or, or things. Yeah, exactly. So uh first thing is Netanyahu says he told the US there is no chance for a Palestinian state, which no well, surprise there. Did he say that he told us that or did he tell us both. that? Both. He told okay. Biden that. Like um Second, uh, Arizona Congressman <clears throat> uh, Paul Gosar complained to his supporters in a fundraising email that not enough white people are joining the military. Where are we going to get officers? Yep. You know, there was a, a report came out from military.com or military something or other. Uh, and there's been a huge just decrease in recruits, period, like across the board. But disproportionately, less white people are joining. Uh, and he says it is going to fundamentally change the culture of the military. The most brainwashed place on planet Earth. Like, it also, like, the least racist. Like, we're, we're all have each other's fucking backs. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you can still be racist because least racist is a low bar. But, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. It is very, very you're, you're in a fucking barracks with, you know, whatever. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, whoever's there. Yeah. All right. And then the International Monetary Fund released a report saying AI is going to hit 40% of global jobs. What does that mean? Uh, like make them obsolete. Like, uh, and in developed countries, that's going to be closer to 60%. Like all the middle manager accounting, um, a whole bunch of. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I'll believe it when I see that. All right. International Monetary Fund isn't exactly like a bias. Source. No, it's not just, max. The, the thing is, like, I don't know. I, I've seen, you know, what AI is trying to take over, and I'm sorry, it's just it's not the same quality. It, but it's, not but it's growing so fucking fast. It's it's getting so much better. I mean, it was six months ago you could spot it, and now it's like getting I mean, to the. That's specifically about pictures, but I mean, 
it's it's also writing. Like you're, you're, you're they already had to fucking Sports Illustrated already had writers, journalists, the AI that is doing those jobs. Like and they failed. Of course they did. That doesn't change the fact that those jobs are being shifted to AI. No, like, they attempted to shift those jobs. Right, but AI those are the kinds work. of jobs that are going to be right. shifted to AI. Anything, anything that's not backbreaking manual labor, anything that a person is going to do on a computer, that's the shit they're going to shift over. And so that's why it's going to be a bigger hit in the more developed countries, because a lot of our jobs are really fucking redundant. And we're literally just create work for ourselves in offices to have titles and whatever, because heaven forbid we not work and take care of ourselves, you know, whatever. So, um, that was, there's lots of, uh, videos on that, but they were all really long and really dry. Um, um, and then, uh, so Nevada has held both a caucus and a primary. Um, the reasons they did that are kind of convoluted with state laws and whatever. But bottom line is Trump was the only person on the ballot in the caucus. And Nikki Haley was the only person on the ballot on the primary. And Nikki Haley lost to none of these candidates in the primary. Her name Damn. was the only one on it and she still lost to no one. Damn. That's that's rough. Right? Dude. That's rough. Fucking hang up your hat. And she didn't. Nope, because next is South Carolina, which is her home state. So she's thinking she, but she's not. She's not. She's pretty much dead in the water. Um, and then only the deli, the delegates were only awarded to the caucus winner, which was Trump. Hmm. So, um, no surprise there. Trump wins Nevada, but the, the whole primary and caucus thing was really stupid. Uh, and she still lost. <laughs> um. And then uh, the Panama Canal traffic has been cut by more than one third due to drought, which is a huge deal with what's going on in the Red Sea. Like, we've got two major shipping lanes are really struggling with... What's going on in the Red Sea? Uh, the Houthis. Oh, sure. right. Duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought we were thinking that, like, another, a different natural disaster. Yeah, no, no, I no. Got you. I got you. Yeah, no, the, all the, the commercial ships that have been trying to avoid that and have been going down around Africa instead and mm -hmm. trying to come through the Panama Canal and can't, like, can't even use that as a backup because it's um, um And then Northern Ireland's government reopens after two years. They have not had somebody in charge of that government for two years. It's um, almost like you don't need someone in charge. <laughs> um, and they do because it's been going, getting bad. But um, What did they close over? I don't know the details of why it's on this list and not sure, the other. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, from what I gather, it's a good thing. And the the lady who is stepping in is somebody we would... Uh, it made me think of the, the Star Trek 2024 reunification of Ireland. Mm. Maybe on track for that. Yeah, we're on track. All right, so now we're going we're gonna to do a little into what's going on. In the Middle East, got a video here. The Iranian-backed Houthi militia again firing on commercial ships in the Red Sea and vowing more is to come, despite new U.S. retaliatory strikes designed to deter them. We will not hesitate to defend lives and the free flow of commerce. 
We were there on Saturday night just after 10 p.m. when the U.S. and British military hit 36 Houthi targets in 13 locations. We're on the deck of the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower aircraft carrier in the Southern Red Sea. This is where, over the weekend, more than two dozen U.S. military aircraft took off to conduct strikes against the Houthi rebels in Yemen. Captain Marvin Scott flew an F-A-18 in those strikes, calling them a success. We do extensive mission planning. Everyone launches knowing you know, what the game plan is. We rarely miss. We're ready Lieutenant Commander Alex Morgan is a helicopter. Rarely miss. I mean, I guess it's good that you don't miss, but like this whole... Like, there's no declaration of war. We are not at war with these people. Mm -hmm. We're just... That's a very coordinated military strike. That's what you do during war. The... Yeah, that's not something you plan against some little tiny militia somewhere. Like no. That's, that, but those are war games. You're doing, you're doing war stuff. You're doing war shit. Not like doing ho shit, but doing more yeah. shit. <laughs> Alex Morgan is a helicopter pilot. Did we think we'd be doing it here in the Red Sea? My crystal ball was broken that day, but uh, the way we do it hasn't changed dramatically. The commander of the carrier strike group telling us there is still significant danger here. How big of a threat do the Houthis pose to freedom of navigation right now? Uh, a substantial threat. They could attack a commercial ship uh, render it uh, <laughs> somewhat in, uh, immobile uh, and could bog the strait up for weeks, if not months. And he says the so Houthis are getting... So there is no consideration of lives here. Oh, no, it's all commercial. It's, it's all, all the economics. It's all he about the... He didn't say that they would sink those ships. No, no. Right? He said they could make them immobile and block yep. the connection. No, they, they talk about that, uh, that it's just straight up about the money. Um, so another thing we almost did for the what propaganda is it to operate that fucking aircraft carrier. Right. So much money. Um, but so this is the ship that's on here right now. Remember that we saw the video where they took it over? Mm -hmm. Well, they used uh that ship and made a propaganda video, and we were gonna look into it. It fucking slapped. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, it may work. I may look for it. Um I decided not to do it because I didn't have, couldn't get in to, to translate it and verify all what it said, but I may look for it anyway. Getting critical help from Iran. They are getting intelligence uh, from Iran. Uh, they are using uh, Iran uh, to give them some targeting information. The commanding officer saying all of it creates a threat to the U.S. military, too. Are you worried about the safety also of... Remember that they could get whatever fucking intelligence they want. They are zero threat to that ship. Right. They are zero threat to any of the Navy ships in that area. They 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 don't have the force, they don't have the machinery, they, they don't have the stuff. No. We are picking on we are stomping on anvils. Yeah, literally. We, like that's... We, we got our magnifying glass out and we are burning ants. Isn't that what's the line? Wasn't it Independence Day where he's like, that would do, those people, those aliens coming here and doing this would be like us going to Mars and stepping on an anthill? Mm -hmm. Like, well, how bad would we feel about that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, not at all. Not, there's no consideration whatsoever. Like, dude, you hit 30 targets? Tell me to my fucking face that there wasn't a civilian in any of those targets. Right. And not you a know chance. That. You're a fucking liar. Yeah. You're a fucking liar if you say that.
And again, uh, with no danger to ourselves. No, no, but Zero danger to danger. the economics, danger to the stock prices. Yep, exactly. I want to I find that video. And they wouldn't be fucking up those ships if you weren't out doing the ho shit, out doing the fucking colonial shit. Right? It's fucking gross, man. It's gross. I don't understand, you know, your 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 average, you know, boots on the ground guy, whatever. But like some of these commanding officers, these fucking fleet fleet commanders and shit. It's like, come on, man! Like you gotta see what's going on here. They're, like you, you you have to know what's going on. They you do can't know. Plan this without knowing it. They do. And know. you're just they cool do. with it. Yeah. You're just like fuck yeah, let's bomb some brown people. That's what I'm here for. Literally. It's just fucking it's But it's the brainwashing. They're literally brainwashed. Like, and they don't go to boot camp the same way the enlisted people do. But it's they're brainwashed. They are they think they're a hundred percent doing the right thing. They do not think they're the baddies. I, I don't it's it's gross. The sailors on this ship? Absolutely. Uh, am I worried about the safety of the ship? Uh, every single day. This comes as the U.S. is also retaliating against the Iranian-backed militias responsible for a drone attack that killed three U.S. soldiers, hitting 85 targets in seven locations inside Iraq and Syria on Friday. The president has been under pressure to respond more forcefully, with over 160 attacks by Iranian-backed militants against American targets since October. Mr. Biden declaring the new U.S. strikes a success. Are the strikes working, Mr. President? Yes. Meanwhile, these missions are also leaving a mark with the American service members carrying them out. Seeing missiles being launched from aircraft, the explosions associated with all of these things. It's a lot of sights and sounds that will be etched in my brain forever. Gordon, are there signs that these strikes have deterred the militias? Well, Lester, there were reports of at least two new incidents over the weekend in which Iranian-backed militias targeted bases with Americans in Syria, but there were no reports of any injuries. Lester? Thanks for watching. So, yeah, they, no they, they're constantly like, well, we have to respond, but if you respond, it's an escalation. Well, we have to respond, but if you respond, it's an escalation. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm going to, uh, I found it, so we're just going to play a piece of it because I can't. Um, Ah, oh, where am I going to go? Okay, I see it. Okay, so we're gonna. So this is that first ship they captured. Oh, come on. What are we doing? Okay, it doesn't want to work. Yeah, it doesn't want to work. Come back to it. We'll go back to the other one.
we'll just go back to where we were. Okay, so then we got North Korea claims it tested underwater nuclear weapons. Well, tensions remain high in East Asia. North Korea said that it had tested a purported underwater nuclear attack drone. The alleged test came in response to a combined naval exercise between South Korea, the United States, and Japan this week. Matthew Mary Kiroche reports. The nuclear envoys of South Korea, the United States, and Japan met in Seoul on Thursday to discuss regional security after weeks of saber-rattling in North Korea. Honestly, we don't on need Sunday, to watch all of this. Because right now it's just claims that they did it anyway. Um, so the three got together, did some, did some bullshitting, and then afterwards he said, ah, I guess what I just tested. I I, there's just no way to know for sure. Like he came out and said it, but it's just, it's just another example of saber rattling. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And deserved. Like we have just like the U S has gone around and fucking straight murdered its way across the country. And expect no fucking recourse for it. And then, like, well, they're te they're testing missiles, so they're the bad guys. We don't have to test them. We fucking have them. We know they work. Like, how, how, and I'm not saying North Korea is good. I'm just saying the hypocrisy is fucking unreal. Um, okay, so this was a funny one. So the Texas bus company is suing Chicago over Chicago over a law targeting the bus companies carrying migrants. So you remember when New York sued the bus companies because the bus companies were just dropping the migrants and weren't caring for their needs, <laughs> like okay. what the company does. So that's what we talk about. So this is kind of the opposite. Um, the bus companies are suing the city of Chicago. Okay. Fighting between state and city leaders is leaving migrants out in the cold, both figuratively and literally. The latest round in this bout, a Texas bus company is suing the city of Chicago for discrimination. With the near constant busing of tens of thousands of migrants from Texas to cities like New York and Chicago, finding warm shelter space is next to impossible, with Chicago using public transportation buses as makeshift warming centers for migrants, many of whom officials say were dropped off with no winter clothing. No, I Sentado porque ya no hay casi espacio, los autobuses son pequeños también. Y prácticamente uno se tiene que mantener adentro por la calefacción porque afuera hace un frío fatal. The volume of migrants being dropped off led Chicago to implement rules restricting where and when buses could drop off migrants. And violators risk having buses impounded and fines of up to $3,000. The rule rippled across the Windy City, with suburbs and counties around Chicago implementing similar requirements, like, even no, putting up no. signs warning buses carrying migrants to keep driving. So when we started learning about these buses uh, dropping in our surrounding counties, counties like Kankakee County, for example, <laughs> I spoke with Sheriff Downey, uh, who told me that he learned that several buses had dropped in his county at 4.30 in the morning basically kicked the people off the bus and said, welcome to Chicago. That's their job. Now, their when job, Transportation, a Texas-based bus company, is there. suing Chicago in federal court 
over the new ordinance, claiming it's unconstitutional for interfering with interstate commerce right. and punishing companies for working with the state of Texas. Right. The lawsuit also alleges the ordinance is discriminatory toward the migrants on the buses. The city told multiple local not, outlets that I mean, it, it does not like, comment. It reminds me of like the lunch counters. No, go. you're not welcome here. Keep driving. If you're Irish, keep moving. Like, mm -hmm. this is what that feels like. And on ongoing litigation. Meanwhile, Illinois <laughs> This is why the doomsday clock thing bothered me so bad. You're really telling me it's not worse than it was a year ago. Illinois <laughs> Governor J.B. Pritzker wrote a scathing letter to Texas Governor Greg Abbott imploring him to stop oh, sending migrants to Chicago, at least while the city experiences dangerously cold weather. The letter reading in part, you seem to have no interest in working on bipartisan solutions to the border crisis because that would put an end to your cruel political game. But I am writing to you today, hoping to appeal to your humanity. While Governor Pritzker acknowledged the federal government does need to make meaningful steps to reforming border policy, he concluded saying, for mercy for the thousands of people who are powerless to speak for themselves. Last week in a press release, Governor Abbott boasted about sending more than 100,000 migrants to so-called sanctuary cities nationwide, including 30,000 to Chicago since August of 2022. 30,000 people in two years is a lot of fucking... It is a lot of people. But it's not hundreds of no, that's no. what she said. Thirty thousand to the city since twenty twenty two. That's not this all came across the border. That was just how many. Like, well, it was a hundred thousand total in thirty to Chicago. To Chicago. Yeah. yeah, in two years. Right. A year and a half. What the fuck happened? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, that's a that's a group of people for sure, but it's not a hundred million a fucking day or whatever the fuck news you're watching. Right. All right. So now we're gonna talk about that border bill that uh has already failed and now they're trying to like they're basically trying to get funding to ukraine any way they can the democrats are and it, the republicans are like nope we're not doing anything unless it includes border funding and then everybody wants to get money to israel and so they came up with mitch mcconnell and chuck schumer came up with this plan this border bill that uh approved money for the border but also money for uh israel and ukraine except for how much came to the border was like it's like 20 million out of 120 or 20 billion out of 120 billion like so they're calling it a border bill but 80 percent of the money goes overseas so um we'll watch this video and then we can talk about this more Senate Republicans were true to their word today and voted against advancing a border security bill negotiated by Republicans and Democrats. The bill included foreign aid packages. Fox's Aisha Hosni reports top Republicans insist the standards for border crossers seeking asylum are still too low and deportation standards too high. Mr. McConnell, 
No. Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell, the nail in the coffin as nearly every Republican and several Democrats block the bipartisan border deal from getting a vote on the Senate floor. I just voted no on the border bill. I think it makes it worse. I came to serve in the Senate because it's a serious place. A day like today makes it hard to believe in that. Democrat leader Chuck Schumer quickly pivoting to his backup plan, a global aid package without the controversial border policy. So that that's night. what they're trying to, that's the new one they want to replace it with. 60 no billion. Order. Right. So that's what I'm saying. They, they have given up now. They're saying, fine, if you don't, the only reason we were giving you border money is because we wanted to get this money. Oh, my God. So now they've dropped the border money from, uh, I mean, they made a new bill, but it's the same bill without the border. But 60 billion to Ukraine, 14 billion to Israel. 2.4 billion to the Red Sea to keep blowing up Yemen and the Houthis. So, do you just put the money in the water? In yep. the sea? Yes, to the government. Is that worth what that no, it? No, it's it's literally us sending that much worth of munitions at their people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's, uh, and then we've got 9.15 so to, to Gaza, the West Bank, and Ukraine. That's being split between... Oh, wait, no, yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, yeah, 60 billion for Ukraine. Yes, I'm not sure why that's on there. Um, I've got a different one. But the so 4.83 billion to Taiwan, they're they're picking fights with China too now. Okay, so what this really means, 70, 86, so 88 million dollars, or billion dollars to the Middle East. Mm -hmm. When people in Israel have a higher standard of living than we do. Yeah. We're funding their pensions and their daycares well, we don't have pensions and daycares five billion dollar bill would include 60 billion for ukraine 14 billion for israel 9 billion for humanitarian you know, aid to gaza and taiwan and the indo-pacific schumer says he will allow amendments and hopes the house will take it up the house is in chaos it doesn't behoove the speaker well to fuck everything Speaker Mike Johnson okay, hasn't great. shut the door yet after failing to pass a standalone Israel aid package last night and fumbling the impeachment of DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. I think he'll learn. Mike's a good man. I hadn't lost confidence in him. Congressman Thomas Massey, less forgiving, blasting Johnson on X, writing, name one thing that's improved under the new speaker. Johnson calling the entire ordeal a setback. I don't think that this is a reflection on the leader. It's her. We will pass those articles of impeachment. Uh, we'll, we'll do it on the next round. And that do-over impeachment vote could come as early as next week Never, if yeah, leader Steve Scalise returns to the Hill. On Capitol Hill, I'm Aisha Husney, Fox News. Fucking farce, man. Nothing's getting done except money beans. This was the original bill with 2.4 going to the Red Sea, 4.8 going to Indo-Pacific, which was just like fucking Taiwan to provoke China. Uh, Gaza gets 10 million and Israel gets 14. Make that make sense. These two sides are fucking warring, so we're going to send, like... Anyway, 20 of it was supposed to go to border security, but even that, like, wasn't mostly border security. It was NGOs, and they're trying to... One of the reasons the Republicans voted against it was because it wasn't that $20 billion wasn't to shut down the border. It was to process immigrants better. And they don't want to process immigrants better. They want to shut down the border. 
Well, they want to campaign and talk yeah, they about want to campaign that they do, but they don't want to pay $37 for a head of lettuce. Right. Yeah, exactly, so, which is what happens. Yeah, the, the people will always have to flow over that border, yeah. just like people always have to flow over the Canadian U.S. border. Mm -hmm. Just like people have to flow over the fucking Egypt and right, all whatever the fucking countries next to Egypt. Like, that's, people move around. Right. Like, we can process it or we can fucking just let it stomp us. Yeah. No, we're going to let it stomp us. All right. So now we have a uh, Michigan jury convicts school shooter's mother for death of four students. Damn. Yeah. So it was. I mean, if they're under 18 and there were signs that that was going to happen and you didn't. So, and there were very much signs. Was there? Thing. I like, very much. Case, yeah. So, so very much signs. But also the, the precedent it sets. That, could you imagine if Eli. You teenager, like, got fortunately, ours are pretty good. But you, I kept secrets from my fucking parents as a teenager. My parents had no clue what I was up to, and I broke the law as a teenager. I'm like, they should not have been held responsible for that. So, I'm just saying, it's a it sets up, it's, it's a bad precedent, it's a, sets yeah. a, it sets a bad precedent, but also, I get it. Um, it sounds like it really like it could be appealed uh because it sounds like it should have had a change of venue like they should have requested a change of venue because the entire town was out for blood and <laughs> and she was bad she was a bad mom she did the wrong things but but yeah i, I don't know how to feel about the verdict so we're gonna watch this <coughs> you make it nope. maybe a first-of-its-kind verdict after an unprecedented case. A parent is being held criminally responsible for a mass shoot school shooting. A Michigan jury today convicting Jennifer Crumbly for the deaths of four students in 2021. Prosecutors say she had a duty under state law to prevent her son from harming others. CBS 2's Dick Brennan here now with more on this. Dick. Yeah, Maurice and Christine, it is indeed the first time in U.S. history that a parent has been held criminally accountable for a school shooting yeah, carried out by her person. son. And it may change the way the justice system treats the parents of shooters in the future. The jurors in this case deliberated nearly 11 hours before reaching its verdict. Find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Four times guilty for Jennifer Crumley, a jury deciding she was grossly negligent, allowing her troubled son Ethan access to a gun, which he would use to kill four high school students, including 16-year-old Tate Meyer. Tate's father spoke tonight. Us families are the prisoners. We're the ones that are living this life now that you just could never imagine it. Buck Meyer says the verdict cannot cure his pain or calm his mind. I'm so angry and so mad right now. So I'm my own prisoner. And I have to find a way to work work my way towards forgiveness so I'm not so bitter. It's tougher than you could ever imagine. Because all we did was send our kid to school. It happened in November of 2021 at Oxford High School in Michigan. Ethan Crumley would plead guilty and is serving life without parole. But prosecutors then charged his parents for not addressing their son's failing mental health. They even bought him a gun four days before the shooting. The gun was a gift for Christmas. And remember, there was testimony that Jennifer was bragging on social media about buying this gun, about going to the shooting range, shooting with her son. Prosecutors say All the Crumleys also fine. refused yep. to take their itself. son home the day right. of the shooting but. after a school meeting to discuss disturbing. So I can see this. He had a geometry paper and he wrote, drew a bunch of doodles on it. There's a dude with bullet holes in him and a pool of blood. He wrote, blood everywhere, help me, like, on this 
fucking piece of paper at school. Oh, man. The day of the shooting. Jesus. Disturbing drawings he had made with scribblings that said, help me, looks like and blood gun. everywhere. Did you ever the believe that your son mm -hmm. needed mental health treatment? No. Crumley's husband will be tried next month. It's constant. It's with you all the time. Stephen St. Juliana, who lost his daughter Hannah, says he's still struggling, still suffering. But he says no matter how hard it is for him and his family, life must go on. You have to keep moving forward. And that's where I keep my focus is just moving forward one day at a time and helping my family do the same. Now, Jennifer Crumley faces a maximum penalty of 15 years in prison. She will be sentenced in April, and her husband's trial begins in March. Maurice and Christine. Okay, Dick, thank you. Why the big difference? A first. Uh, what do you mean? Like, you think they need to a first of its kind. At least at the same time. No, I mean, they did them. hasn't even started and they're no. over. Yeah, I mean, they did them one at a time. They weren't charged together. Um, but so when that paper was found, the parents got called to the school. That fucking day. And they all sat in the guidance counselor's office. And um, from testimony, they said that the mom never even, like, went over and asked the son what was wrong. Then she just answered the guidance counselor's questions, you know, fairly coldly and whatever. And then they decided that they were going to leave him at school. And they went home and left him there. Didn't mention that he had a gun. He had it with him. And then when the husband, he's doing DoorDash, he's out, like, he leaves the school, goes to do an order, and he sees a whole bunch of police cars heading towards the school. And he texts his wife, holy shit, there's a whole bunch of, and so she texts her son, Ethan, don't do it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, lady. Yeah, you fucked up. Like, there was, there was text uh, before... Uh, that came out, and then they said it was taken out of context. But he was basically having like a breakdown and like seeing the like, beast in the house, and like she was nowhere to be found. And he was like, "Please respond to me, and I, I'm scared, and they're gonna hurt me, and all Jesus this shit." Christ. And she was like, "Oh, it was just a joke, uh huh." Like, no, your kid was fucking troubled. Like, he begged to go to the doctor, and she laughed at him. It's like, I'm not okay. I need told a friend about it. Like, I'm not okay. I need help. And friend's like, we'll talk to your and parents. So, so yeah, that's our cool I mean, education. People who are pieces of shit have kids. It's true. You know? Yep. Just because you're a parent doesn't yeah. mean you're a parent. And, you know, that kid was, he was set up for failure from the beginning, as far as I can tell. Like, your parents aren't engaged with you. There's, I don't know. All right, um, so this next topic is, I usually don't try to do the, oh, we're in the process and there might be news or there might not be. Um, I try to wait till we have an answer, but on this one, I um, just wanted to talk about what they're, what they're leading towards. And this is the last segment on the political. On the other side, former President Donald Trump is waiting for an important ruling from the Supreme Court. The justices mm -hmm. are deciding a challenge to Trump's eligibility for the Colorado ballot and whether his actions on January 6th could disqualify him. Jan Crawford covered yesterday's historic arguments. In a divisive case that could decide the election, the justices seem to find rare common ground that states can't use an obscure constitutional provision to kick Donald Trump off the ballot. 
Liberal Justice Elena Kagan got right to the point. I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. Now that's Iowa. Coney Barrett agreed. Just doesn't they fucking seem like decide a state every time. Call. The Colorado Supreme Court narrowly ruled in December that Trump should be removed from the state's Republican primary ballot because he engaged in insurrection on January 6th and was disqualified from the presidency under the Constitution's 14th Amendment. Colorado's Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold. Just like we wouldn't put a 17-year-old on our ballot for president because they're ineligible or someone who's not a natural-born citizen, uh, we also don't put oath-breaking insurrectionists on our ballots. But Chief Justice John Roberts warned of the potential impact of the Colorado decision and how both... So, and I differ from most of the people that, like, I follow on the left think that the states are out of line and the court should... Uh, keep Trump on the ballot uh, simply because removing him would be uh, like inflaming and destabilizing. Like I hear that all the time that like they're that, that if they do this, that yeah. it's going to destabilize the country. And I'm like, that's right. Like that's not where their fucking decisions should be factored into. Like their the, the decisions should be factored as this the law. And I'm sorry, the 14th Amendment, it doesn't say convicted in the Senate of insurrection and that's the excuse well he wasn't convicted so fucking what we all watched it we all fucking watched live what happened and whether it was like every step and every instance was planned you're or right that's not it's not the state's thing to say so you should say right. it. right <laughs> exactly right it, that, that's exactly why we're at the Supreme Court, right? So it's your pro. So you like for the Supreme Court to say, well, it's not a state's decision. Exactly. You're the guy. You're the guy. <laughs> Just make the decision. You're the judge. Yeah. And then like, well, we can't if the state's bringing it and the state doesn't have um, whatever law. Both sides could use it to punish the other. I would expect that uh, you know a goodly number of states will say, uh, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot, and others. Uh, the, for the Republican candidate, you're off. If they fucking committed an insurrection. Yeah, sure. This is a, like the, the slippery slope. Or I just, I don't. Uh, I mean, if, if it's such a such a threat to the system, how many other people would you use it on? Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There, there's nobody how else. many others? There's nobody else that this applies to. There's none. The ballot, and it'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's we have that now. The fucking primary process means Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina decide our fucking uh presidential candidates. Oregon never, Oregon never fucking gets to vote in the primary because by the time it's our turn to vote, we have no candidates left. It's just down to whoever's left by the time it gets to us. So this is a bullshit argument too. Oh, it's just a couple states. That's what we have now. It's a pretty daunting consequence. Now, Trump didn't attend yesterday's hearing, but he said afterward that he thought the arguments were strong and that he believed in the Supreme Court. As for timing, the court fast-tracked this case so we could get a decision within weeks. Gail? No, we are all waiting for this one. Thank you very much, Jan. Ah, ah, what do I do? Ah. Ah. On the other side. Okay, so here's our political cartoon for today. Two people sit on a couch. 
And the lady says, Trump versus Biden, Chiefs versus 49ers, on the brink of war with Iran. Didn't we know all this in 2020? And the dude says, yeah. And she says, should we start hoarding toilet paper and hand sanitizer? He says, I'll start the car. <laughs> like, yeah, seems like some deja vu here. Um, yeah, so that was our political segment. We have a real short apolitical palate cleanser. It's real short, I promise. I know you're feeling rough. We're almost done. I'll show you. All right. This, I have it under apolitical because in my head, it's filed under, why is my cell phone always listening to me? Because this is something you and I were talking about in the car several weeks ago. And then it came across my, like, news feed. And I'm just like, God damn it. But apparently we were right. So, we'll take that. So, could a giant parasol in outer space help solve the climate crisis? Mm. <laughs> so, we were listening to a podcast about cloud seeding and other things we can do. And we were both like, can't we just put up a giant fucking sail? Like, just because mm-hmm. they were talking about how much just like a little bit of cloud cover, just like the, the littlest bit of extra clouds would do that. Yeah, like an unnoticeable amount. Right. Like, you couldn't with your eyeballs yeah. tell the difference. And so we're like, if it if that is little of what it takes of you know sending, my, it seems like it wouldn't be too fucking hard to whatever. And it turns out it's not that hard. It's just that expensive. Which, well, yeah. You know. Oh well. All right. So a group of Israeli scientists want to send a giant sail into space to block a portion of solar radiation. The shade in this artist rendering is enhanced to illustrate this concept. It's from the uh, blah blah blah. All right, so here's a little video. So this is, if you're on the podcast, you can't see it, but it's just a big, it looks like a solar panel, big four squirt. Uh, it looks like a satellite in the yep. middle of the piece of paper that was folded in four pieces. Yep, and then if you can see the big shadow. It's just putting on the earth as it turns and just cooling it a little bit right there. Okay, all right, so interest in sun shields, once a fringe idea, which is hilarious because it was our first idea. We're right? smart. Yeah. Uh, has grown. Now a team of scientists says it could launch a prototype within a few years. The idea is to create a huge sunshade and send it to a faraway point between the Earth and the sun to block a small but crucial amount of solar radiation, enough to counter global warming. Scientists have calculated that if just shy of 2% of the sun's radiation is blocked, that would be enough to cool the planet by the 1.5 degrees Celsius that we need. Um, the idea has been on the outer fringes of conversation about climate change solutions for years, but as the climate crisis worsens, interest in sun shields has been gaining momentum with more researchers offering up variations. Now, what it was is the scientists got together and they're like, look, nobody's nobody's doing any of the things that we right. say. Right. So we need some, some rich person to, to feel like a genius. Yep. So we'll get them to do this. So uh, they're ready to build a prototype. Um, they're saying it would uh, weigh at least 2.5 million tons too heavy to launch into space. So they would actually oh, want to do it. God as a, damn, that's a lot of tons. Yeah. yeah. So it would be, uh, they would do it as a whole bunch of little ones instead of one big one. Oh, duh. Right. Yeah, of course. So he said that they're ready to design a prototype. Shade of 100 square feet and are seeking between 10 and 20 million dollars to fund uh, the demonstration. We can show the world, look, 
There is a working solution. Take it, increase it to the necessary size, he said. 100 square feet, what was the total size they were going for? Is that in there? I don't think so. Um, so this is a video of how it would deploy, like the rocket, and it just kind of slides out like a solar pack, and it just unfolds itself. Um, there you go. Now you have a shade. Um, obviously, that's a very technical, it's like the, the James Webb telescope unfolding, like it's going to yeah. be far enough away, but that's the thing. Um, but so proponents say that the sunshade would not eliminate the need to stop burning coal, oil, and gas. Um, even if greenhouse gas emissions from fossil fuels were to immediately drop, we still already have too much carbon dioxide right. in the atmosphere. Um, the Earth's average temperature is on the brink of rising uh, 1.5 degrees Celsius, which I guess uh, January was the first month where that was actually sustained for the whole month mm. that we are 1.5 over, like consistently for the whole month. Um, uh, yeah, it says we've already warmed 1.2 degrees, but this was from like two weeks ago, so, you know. Um, the sunshade would help stabilize the climate uh, while other climate mitigation strategies are being pursued. So, like, it's a it's a partial solution. It's not the, the be-all, end-all. Um, the sunshade, sunshade idea has its critics. Um, like she said, uh, the Susan Bauer, the doctoral candidate uh, at European Center for Research and Advanced Training, blah, 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 blah. Uh, she says a sunshade would be astronomically expensive and could not be implemented in time given the speed of global warming. In addition, a solar storm or collision with stray space rocks could damage the shield, resulting in sudden rapid warming with disastrous consequences. Mm. So, sure, but there are ways around these problems. She seems like just a, like, just, I don't want to hear it, can't work, no, naysayer, like, so especially I mean, if you're setting up multiples. Space isn't empty. Yeah, and right. If you're putting up something that's giant. And thin and flimsy, like shit's gonna blow holes. Right, but that's what I'm saying. So that's as long as you've got, if you've got a fucking hundred of them or two hundred of them or whatever, that really helps the odds of, you know, them surviving and not being, you know, one gets destroyed, it gets destroyed. Um, so she says the time and money would be better spent working to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, with a small portion of research devoted to more viable and cost-effective solar geoengineering ideas. Which seems like a whole bunch of incrementalization shit we're doing that's not working to me. Um, right. The sunshade proponents say that at this stage, reducing greenhouse gas emissions will not go far enough, and we need to do something uh, in addition. Uh, a fully operational sunshade would have to be resilient and reversible. In his proposed design, he said 99% of its weight would come from the asteroid that it's attached to, which doesn't show up in the videos, so I don't really understand that. But helping it would offset the cost they would try and find a piece of asteroid to attach it to that's already in the space um, to, like, anchor it to. Um, but he says... I, I would assume that there was an asteroid in that perfect orbit. You yeah. already know about it. Uh, so he said... So it would have to be in a, a geo, geo... Geocentric orbit. Geocentric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Between us and the sun all right, the time. Right, right. Or not all the time, just enough of the time. Like... Yeah. 2% of solar radiation is all we're trying to do. Like, um, Anyway, he says it would still likely carry a price tag. An atmosphere around the moon would be the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it would likely carry a price tag of trillions of dollars, an amount that is far less than what is spent on military weapons, he said. Um, 
Yeah, but then what are we going to spend on those? Right. Uh, so that's <coughs> just another one of the videos that was in the <coughs> shows it kind of moving back and forth. I don't really understand it, but I included in the presentation because it was included in the article. Mm. Um, was it saving the earth and giving up 10% of your weapons to destroy things is actually a pretty good deal in my book, which is how I feel about it. Like, Oh, it's too much. You know where we don't say it's too much? When it's the military. I mean, this is literally whether or not we're fucking save our, <laughs> have you, a country to live on. If you somehow on. got 10% of their money from them, they would just ask for 20% next year. Right. Um, so then lastly, Pulls up, we have our uh, ah, sorry, our silver lining closing quote of the day. Okay, so any final thoughts from the episode that we talked about? It was a lot. I mean, we're a little over two hours into this, but well, brain dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair. All right. Okay, so daily silver lining. We know that the topics we cover can be bleak, so we want to try and end our episodes on a positive note. So tonight's silver lining from the episode is... Yeah, just kidding. I couldn't. I tried to find one from this episode. Couldn't. There are none. We're all going to die. It's all terrible. So I had to go outside of the episode for today's silver lining. Uh, and today, the thing I've decided I'm thankful for is Will Wheaton. He's an amazing human being. Uh, Wesley Crusher for Star Trek fans. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, his openness online about his abusive childhood has been truly inspiring. So I don't know if you heard about Elmo posting on X Twitter uh, a tweet saying, Elmo's just checking in. How's everybody doing? And their responses were heavy. Yeah, uh, I bet. We, Elmo, we are tired. Uh, I did not have us all trauma dumping on Elmo on my bingo card. Well, 2024 feels like 2020 plus four, so yeah. uh, the world is burning, Elmo. No amount of tickles can fix this. Uh, too much depressive, not enough manic. <laughs> we started this year, started it, by trauma dumping so hard on Elmo, the official Sesame Street account had to tweet out mental health resources. God help us. Jesus Christ. Um, Elmo, my man, it's not looking good. I had to pull a noose off my friend's neck today after she tried to kill herself. As I comforted her, I felt myself a hypocrite knowing I myself am planning something similar soon. I see no future for me. I won't be here much longer. Like, good God. yeah, it's fucking bleak. Like, but, but the economy's fine. Get over yourself. All right, so then this happened. Elmo went on today to to talk about this tweet. And was attacked by Larry David. Larry David just beat up Elmo on live TV, and the Red Muppets reaction was absolutely priceless. This morning, the Today Show had two famous guests appear on live television, but they did not initially get along. Elmo and his dad appeared on the Today Show to talk about a viral tweet in which Elmo asked ex-users how they were feeling. Their responses were maybe... Uh, Elmo, I'm suffering from existential dread over here. Not as light and fun as the Muppet may have imagined, but while on the Today
Wife left me. Daughters don't respect me. My job is a joke. Any more questions, Elmo? Jesus, man. Today's show, Elmo took the opportunity to talk about the importance sure of mental health. You know, it's important to remember that we all have a lot of feelings, and that's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's good to, to know what feeling you're having. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if you're feeling sad or worried or confused, then you can talk to someone that you love and trust. And, and it's good to talk about it. Whether Larry David was not a fan of Elmo's message or the Muppet himself is still unclear, but the 76-year-old actor and comedian attacked Elmo on live TV. But don't worry, Elmo is a very forgiving person. All right, let's go over to Al for a check of the weather. Oh, and not yet, not wait, yet, wait, wait, not wait. Yet. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, 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 so, so he walked over and grabbed them. And I it mean, was obviously planned, and it was funny. It wasn't planned, as far as I can tell. It yeah. was, I don't think it was funny. He almost talking about like mental health resources for families, and Larry David goes over and starts beating up a puppet. Like, Larry David so, just beat up. So, Will Wheaton had a response to this that I love. You might not love based on your reaction to Larry David. I'm on Elmo's side so here. So, unprovoked. Yeah, wasn't even supposed to be on the show. Yep. He just dropped him. And he was on up. the next segment. He was the guest for the next segment of the show. So he was on the couch. They were going to talk to him next. Okay. He got up off the couch. And went Walked the around the back of it and started manhandling the puppet. Okay. So this is the post Will Wheaton uh, shared. So I'm just going to read it. Uh, so I heard about Larry David assaulting Elmo on live television, but I didn't watch it until now because I knew it would upset me. Holy shit, it's even worse than I thought. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Elmo is like the best friend to multiple generations of children. In the Sesame Street universe, Elmo is a child who is currently putting mental health and caring for others in the spotlight. And Larry fucking David did that and thought it was going to be funny? What? What an asshole. What a stupid, self-centered, tone-deaf asshole. Full disclosure, all the time when I was growing up, my dad would grab me by the shoulders and shake me while he screamed in my face. He choked me more than once. He was always out of control, always in a furious rage, and always terrifying. I'm a 51-year-old man, and my heart is pounding right now, recalling how I felt when I was a little boy who loved Grover the way today's kids love Elmo. So this appalling, unforgivable, despicable act hits more than one runner for me, and I'm going to say that I wish I'd been able to say what I wish I'd been able to say when this sort of thing had happened to me. Larry David, this was not okay, and your obvious institute insincere apology clearly communicates that you don't get it. First of all, you aren't even in the segment, but you just decided to barge in and draw focus because why? You couldn't stand that a puppet brought people together in a meaningful way and you can't? <clears throat> you couldn't stand that your appearance on national television to promote your wildly successful series was delayed for a few seconds while the adults talked about mental health? You wanted to manufacture a viral moment where everyone gets to see what an asshole you are? So they'll tune in and watch you portray an asshole in the last season of your show that celebrates how great it is to be an asshole without ever experiencing the consequences of being an asshole. 
I really want to know what raced through his tiny little mind and why there was no voice or person who spoke up to stop him from expressing violence toward the children's puppet who was there to talk about his love and empathy for people having a tough time mattered and made a difference. Elmo and his dad were there to talk about empathy, love, kindness, and caring for each other. Larry David was there to promote the final, thank God, maybe he'll go away now, season of his television series. Like, read the room, dickhead. It isn't always about you being the center of attention. And understand what's happening in the moment, fucko. Understand that there are larger things in the world than you and your garbage ego. You know who is watching the Today Show with their parents? Kids who also watch Sesame Street. Elmo is an avatar for children. Yeah, this wasn't a nightly show. This wasn't sure. fucking late night tonight. Yeah. This was a morning yeah, talk this show. This wasn't SNL. Right. Yeah. Um, Elmo is an avatar for children all over the world. Children who are too small to understand Elmo is a puppet will know that a man attacked someone they love for no reason, and that will frighten and confuse them. Elmo inspired a deeply meaningful and important moment and collective support among disparate people who have been struggling through the traumas of a pandemic, daily mass shootings, the rise of fascism, and everything associated with Trump's violence and cruelty. And shitty idiot Larry David couldn't leave it alone for some reason. He had to indirectly tell everyone who opened their hearts to a Muppet that they were stupid, and he thought it was good a good joke to physically attack and choke the character who was beloved by children and adults alike. You know what that tells impressionable young people about sharing their feelings? Larry David strikes me as a person who mocks and belittles people who are vulnerable and sensitive and enjoys being cruel because he feels untouchable. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's who I see whenever I can't find the remote and he's on my television. That's almost done. Uh, by contrast, Elmo and the Muppets teach and model to children all over the world that kindness and empathy aren't weak or stupid or any of the things people like Larry David and my dad think they are. Elmo and the Muppets teach children to be gentle and kind, to celebrate our different cultures, and to embrace all of our complicated feelings. Elmo and the Muppets offer comfort and friendship and support to a world that is starving for it. I hope that when the dust settles, Larry David's appalling behavior will be a footnote to a larger story about how, for just one day, a Muppet made a difference and helped millions of people who are struggling to feel a little less alone. With one question, Elmo got lots and lots of people speaking openly and honestly about their mental health. A non-trivial number of people who none of us will ever know were inspired by it. And that was the last little nudge they needed to make a call or send the email begin healing. Elmo probably saved lives and relationships by opening that conversation. A man who would be little and mock that isn't much of a man at all. Shame on you, Larry David. So that's how I feel about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there must have been a lot more to that attack and the little clip that we see. I don't think so. I think it was, but it doesn't matter. He fucking got it. Like, it was completely unprovoked and completely out of the, like, what was the point of it? Why would you even do that? You're going to just go up and commit violence against this, whatever. All right. So today's quote of the day, no valid plans for the future can be made by those who have no capacity for living now. That's by Alan Watts. That is to the motherfucking Congress for dealing with the border bullshit. Can't say nothing. Right. All right. Well, that is our show. Thanks. Uh, we hope you join us next time. Just a quick reminder to head on over to our website at divergentpolitics.com for links to all of our socials, membership signups, and the DP merch store. Good night. Take it easy.